Thanks to a 2000 bond measure, this nature preserve has been transformed into an urban oasis with amenities such as nature trails and picnic tables, several species of birds, frogs, and turtles are now thriving in the park. Please adhere to the CDC recommendations regarding social distancing and mask use when visiting the park. To find out more about Herman and Dorothy Schuster Nature Preserve, visit Broward.org park. As our community reopens, residents and visitors are reminded not to let down their guard. The best way to prevent an increase in new COVID-19 cases is for everyone to follow these simple guidelines. If you own or operate a business, follow the requirements outlined in the emergency orders. Maintain social distance, stay at least six feet from others, avoid large groups, and stay home if you are sick. Wear a facial covering when out in public. This protects you and others especially those most vulnerable, like the elderly and those with underlying medical conditions. Report business violations anonymously online at mybrower.brower.org or by calling 311. Finally, maintain good personal hygiene and avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth, especially after touching public surfaces. We fought this virus together, and together we can help ensure a safe recovery. For more information, visit brower.org coronavirus.
you've taken your seats or not. No, I, I, good morning, everyone. This is the Broward County Board of County Commissioners meeting of Tuesday, February 9th, 2021. I would, like, uh, I would like to ask everyone to please rise for the Pledge of Allegiance and to remain standing. The pledge will be led by Commissioner Nan Rich. To the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Welcome to the February 9th, 2021 Commission meeting. Thank you for joining today. To promote social distancing and avoid risk of additional community spread, this Commission meeting is not open to physical attendance by members of the public, the media, or general county staff. Only county commissioners and those county employees required to attend the event at the express direction of the county administrator, county attorney, or county auditor may be physically present at this meeting. As a matter of fact, as many of you know, I did not attend many county commission meetings, nor did Senator Rich to avoid the spread. Um, in order to reduce the risk created by gathering in public and, and in person to underscore the consistent guidance issued by governmental entities, including the CDC and this county, this is one of our commissioners has agreed to attend by phone. Is that correct? Uh, no, sir. no. Okay, then I'm leaving that part out. For future reference, I want to remind everyone that members of the public wishing to speak on an item on the agenda may do so by signing up on the county's website at registertospeak.broward.org. You can sign up to speak on an item until 9.30 a.m. the morning of the meeting. To utilize this public participation option, follow the instructions on the website. You must have access to the internet to register, a working email address to receive your confirmation code, and a telephone to dial into the meeting using the special number you'll be given when you register. I'm missing a page of the script. Um, however, I'll do it for memory. We, um, it is customary at this commission meeting to ask, to honor those people that have passed recently and to ask the members of the commission if they would like to give special recognition to anyone. We'll start uh, to my right with Senator Rich. Senator Rich, anyone? Uh, uh, okay, Beam. Thank you. I'd like to just take a moment to pay tribute to the two FBI officers. Uh, that, who were killed serving a warrant at the City of Sunrise. It was Daniel Alphen and Laura Schwarzenberger. Um, our condolences should go not only to their families, but to the law enforcement family as a whole. And we owe them a huge debt of gratitude. Um, on a, a little bit lighter note, uh, the passing of Jimmy's Chocolates in Dania, a uh, 74-year institution. Uh, is, uh, it's uh, closed for the first time a couple days ago. Sorry to see that one go. Dr. Sheree. Vice Mayor. I just want uh, everyone to keep in their prayers. Um, Dr. Cunningham, who was a former assistant principal at Stoneman Douglas High School, unfortunately she passed away uh, a few days ago in connection with COVID. Um, she was a bright light at Stoneman Douglas 
And since we are on the three-year anniversary on Sunday of MSD, I just want to mention the names Alyssa Alhadef, Scott Beagle, uh, Martin Duquet, Nick Dwaret, Aaron Feiss, Jamie Gutenberg, Chris Hickson, Luke Hoyer, Kara Lochran, Gina Montalto, Joaquin Oliver, Elena Petty, Meadow Pollock, Helena Ramsey, Alex Schachter, Carmen Shentrep, and Peter Wang. Please keep them and their families in your prayer as we approach this solemn anniversary Sunday of February 14th. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Hall. Anyone? Commissioner Fisher? Yeah, Mayor, I just, uh, just want to recognize uh, Daniel Bryan, who was a longtime community activist in Southeast Pompano. We lost him to cancer, unfortunately, so I just want to remember his family. Thank you. Thank you. And I have just been informed this morning that uh, Dr. Stephen Geller, the otolaryngologist in Coral Springs, has passed away. Uh, I actually have spoken, I've never met him in person, but Dr. Geller and I have spoken multiple times, mostly because of confusion between us, where we occasionally get uh, either telephone calls or emails that were intended for the other one. And it certainly makes one feel their own mortality when they find out that their namesake is passed. Uh, he's, he was a dear friend of my parents. I was at the funeral yesterday. I didn't want to mention it only because I didn't want the confusion to be there, but he's a fraternity brother of yours also at AEPOD, mm -hmm. Dr. Stephen Geller. My parents got a kick out of it when I was endorsed by the Sun Sentinel and it said they endorsed you, Dean, and Geller because they were so friendly. So <laughs> I share my condolences. Well, in addition to that, and again, I'm going for memory here, I think that we, at this point in time, should also keep in mind uh, the many thousands of people that have perished from COVID, and also keep in mind uh, those people that are our first responders and the members of our military that have passed. So at this point in time, I'll ask for a moment of silence. Thank you, you may be seated. As you may have noticed, I'm sorry, uh, today's music was selected by Commissioner Lamar Fisher. Two songs, thank you. I'm sorry? Okay, gotcha, okay. Uh, today's music was selected by Commissioner Lamar Fisher. First song was Don't Worry, Be Happy by Bobby McFerrin and then Lean On Me by Bill Withers. And today is also our first day back for Senator Rich. Senator Rich, you have certainly been participating locally by phone, but nonetheless, we're happy to see you here in person, particularly on your birthday. Right. <laughs> Another year was a la funny, funny way to spend last year, that's for sure. But happy birthday to you. Happy, happy birthday, birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Senator Rich. Happy birthday to you. Um, and today we have three proclamations. And um, I'm scheduled to do the first one. I'll do it from right here because he's. Uh, um, let me also say that it is my practice to try and limit proclamations to two proclamations per day. Today uh, we are going to be having three because one of them is 
to make today Kelvin Watson Day, and we can't really put that off. So um, let me begin by reading the proclamation. And we had a little bit of a problem. We had to make the type smaller than usual because Mr. Watson's resume is so distinguished. In order to fit it all in, we had to make it smaller. So, um, operator, is Mr. Watson on the line? Operator, is Kelvin Watson on the line? Operator? Okay. I do not yet see Mr. Watson on the line. I am unmuted now. Oh, Kelvin, are you now on the line? Uh, yes. Okay. I'm here. Gotcha. All right. Thank you. All right. Whereas Kelvin Watson. Am I here? Yes, sir. All whereas right. <laughs> Kelvin Watson joined the Broward County Libraries as library director in 2017. And whereas Mr. Watson quickly got to work transforming the library's division from within through continuous staff development and a focus on inviting the uninvited. And whereas under the innovative, inclusive, and inspiring management of Mr. Watson, Broward County Libraries have achieved new heights, garnering local, national, and international recognition. And whereas the awards and accolades are numerous and prestigious. Broward County Library was named 2020 Library of the Year by the Florida Library Association and 2020 Library of the Future by the American Library Association. And whereas Kelvin Watson was named the Librarian of the Year in 2019 by the Florida Library Association and one of the 50 most influential black professionals in 2020 by Legacy South Florida Magazine, and whereas under Mr. Watson's direction, the library has created programs that provide access to cutting edge technology and tech training to all, and whereas during his four years here, his innovative plans and programs brought everything our libraries have to offer to Broward schools with the launch of Your ID is Your Key, BCL Direct Digital Library Card, a partnership that engaged more than 80,000 students, and whereas Kelvin Watson took libraries where they have never been before, that sounds like Star Trek, such as the Veterans Connect Hotspot Program, which won a National Association of Counties Achievement Award, as well as Project Welcome, which won the 2020 American Library Association's Library of the Future, 2020 NACO Award and Florida Library Association Innovation Award. He also creatively developed the award-winning Library Services on Air, Land, and Sea initiative, launching virtual library partnerships at Broward County Transit, Parks, Airport, and Port Everglades, showcasing library resources for leisure and stressing the portability of digital library services. And whereas he brought Broward County Libraries all the way to China, must have been heavy to move it that far, where he was a keynote speaker at the Shanghai International Library Forum. While he was invited to attend in person, the forum went virtual as Kevin, Kelvin appropriately addressed the topic of the value of the Broward County Library during the COVID-19 pandemic. And whereas Kelvin brought his personal favorite books directly to the people, creating the Director's Book Club discussion where he engaged our community in person and virtually 
at Broward's library locations countywide. And whereas Kelvin Watson served his country in the U.S. military as a commissioned Army officer from 1994 to 1996, and whereas he successfully led the library's efforts to transition library services from in-person to an all-online format in response to the COVID-19 crisis, providing cr crucial educational and information resources to Broward's community. And whereas he has shown us through example and direction that libraries matter because people matter and that libraries serve as community builders and life changers, making information and education available to one and everyone. And whereas we wish Mr. Watson good fortune as he embarks on his next career as the executive director of the Las Vegas Clark County Library District. Now, therefore, be it proclaimed by the Broward County Board of County Commissioners that Tuesday, February 9th, 2021, is officially Kelvin Watson Day in Broward County, Florida. We thank him for his outstanding service to our 1.9 million residents and to people we reach everywhere in the Broward County Library virtual universe. <laughs> Kelvin, you're up. All right, thank you, Mayor Geller. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, um, Commissioners, County Administrator, Ms. Henry. As the county's library director, it's been my pleasure to serve the Broward County community, its residents, visitors, and all that live, work, and play here in Broward County. If the, if the COVID-19 pandemic hasn't taught us anything, it's that we will experience change. And with change comes transformation. I am proud of the Broward County Library staff, our accomplishments, and the work we've done to expand access, discovery, and delivery of resources, programs, and services to the community. With soul and spirit, I've taken traditional librarianship, led, and reshaped what we do by focusing on inclusivity for all of the community. Broward County's residents deserves and the next library director, one that continues to be focused on the future and the relevancy of libraries and how they impact people's lives. I thank you for recognizing me, Mayor Geller and commissioners, and I wish you well um, in the future. Thank you. Thank you, Kelvin. Uh, we appreciate your years of service here, and we wish you good luck in Las Vegas. Uh, and by the way, uh, I'm, we'll be delivering your proclamation to the county administrator's office since you're not here to get it personally. Uh, our Thank next you, uh, proclamation is Black History Month uh, by Dr. Barbara Sharif. Dr. Sharif, you're recognized, ma'am. You're welcome to. Mayor, is my, is my person on the line, Mr. Cleveland Smith? Uh, operator, can you please recognize, can you please unmute Cleveland Smith? Cleveland Smith is unmuted. From Cleveland Smith from Cleveland's Old Fashioned Ice Cream Shop. 
Cleveland, Mr. Cleveland Smith, are you on? Yes, sir, I'm here. Dr. Okay. Sharif, you're recognized, ma'am. Wonderful. This proclamation was requested by Commissioner Dr. Barbara Sharif, and it is on behalf of Black History Month and celebrating one of our local residents, Mr. Cleveland Smith. Whereas the month of February celebrates Black History Month in Broward County and throughout the United States, and whereas this year, Black History Month, the theme is Black Family, Representation, Identity, and Diversity. And whereas we call on the American people to honor the history and achievements of black Americans and to reflect on the centuries of struggle that have brought us to this time, and we look forward to renewed hope for a brighter, inclusive future. And whereas an estimated 30% of Broward County's 1.9 million residents are African Americans, and whereas during the month we honor families who work hard to achieve great success contributing to our economy, working hard to bring goods, services, to the people and strengthen the diversity of our economy. And whereas this month we pay special tribute to Cleveland Smith ice cream chef extraordinaire who daily makes up to 60 different flavors of ice cream. And whereas Mr. Cleveland Smith opened Cleveland's old fashioned ice cream shop in Miramar last year after working for decades at the popular Jackson's ice cream parlor under the tutelage of his owner and his mentor, Monroe Udell. And whereas Cleveland Smith crafts all of your favorite ice cream flavors and occasionally ventures out to create something truly unique catering to all cultures such as bun and cheese, a Caribbean favorite, and Irish moss, which is made from seaweed, he also caters to vegan, gluten-free, and sugar-free clientele as well. And um, I heard that his grape nut ice cream is really good as well. And whereas Cleveland Smith says his motivation comes from his family and being able to wake up every morning doing something he truly loves. And says, in order to succeed, follow your heart and do not ever take no for an answer. And whereas Cleveland Smith aspires to one day open more ice cream parlors in Broward and Miami-Dade to bring even more people together and to enjoy his special blends of ice cream. And whereas Cleveland Smith's model is one taste and that's it. Now, therefore, be it proclaimed by the Board of County Commissioners of Broward County, Florida, that the board hereby designates February 2021 as Black History Month and February the 9th as Cleveland Smith Day in Broward County, Florida, recognizing Cleveland's old-fashioned ice cream shop in Miramar as a true model and inspiration for black representation, identity, and diversity in Broward County. Mr. Smith. Mr. Smith, you recognize, sir. Yes, good morning. Thanks, um, Dr. Sharif and everybody who's listening. I have tears in my eyes right about this moment. Appreciate, appreciate you guys, and I'm always going to be here. Uh, make sure all the families in Broad County throughout the city um, be happy when they come to my place for the best treat. And they could make suggestions of any flavor they want. So thanks, guys. Appreciate you, and God bless you, and see you guys soon. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Dr. Sharif, you might want to stay there for a moment. Mr. Smith, you might want to stay on the line. Commissioner Ryan, you're recognized, sir. I just wanted to say hello to Cleveland, who's been working under, as you mentioned, the tutelage of Monroe Udell, who's passed away about five years ago. 
And uh, with that, Cleveland goes back decades over there at the, the only location for Jackson's Ice Cream Parlor in Dania Beach. And it was just, he learned by the, from the master how to make ice cream. And he got all the secrets and took them with him. So I am so happy for his success out in Miramar. And so many people out there can enjoy that ice cream we've been eating for decades on the east side of town. Okay. I appreciate it. Thank you. Come on anytime. All, All right. right. Okay. Uh, now, now you have a reason to cross over and come okay. a little bit more west, Commissioner Ryan. That's that's going across the continental divide. Oh, you come <laughs> come on over to the best side of Broward County. Commissioner Sharif, Commissioner Sharif, he Thank crossed you. over a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, um, Commissioner Honus. You have a resolution today, and you're recognized, sir. Thank you very much. I hope his rum and raisin is as good as the others, because that's my favorite. So today, being Black History Month, I think it's fitting that we honor one of the great institutions in Broward County. Okay, and Commissioner Honus, I'm just going to briefly interrupt you. Uh, operator, is uh, Mr. Henry on the line? Both Henrys, Levi uh, and Bobby? Operator, can you make sure that they are unmuted, please? I believe yes, Mr. Henry is on the line. Okay, I'm sorry yeah. for interrupting, Commissioner yes, Holden. Thank you. So when I first moved here in 1975, one of the leaders in the black community that I met was none other than Mr. Levi Henry, a larger-than-life yes, person with a very powerful personality, a no-nonsense man, who stood strong on behalf of the black community with no apologies. That's one of the people that I learned from. I further joined the Northwest Business Association. Uh, he was a part of that group. That group's intent was to help revitalize businesses in the Northwest section of Fort Lauderdale. Uh, and I was one of the young members, uh, sometimes referred to as a runt. This morning we honor Black History Month by honoring the West Side Gazette, who is a paper that has chronicled the history of the black community for 50 years now. So there's a proclamation that I requested, Dale Holness in Broad County, and it reads, whereas Broad County's oldest, largest, African-American owned and operated newspaper. First issue rolled off the press in 1971. Westside Gazette was established under the leadership of Levi Henry Jr. His son Bobby Henry, publisher of the Westside Gazette, has maintained a professional, insightful, and reader-sensitive reporting that has gained the trust and respect of South Florida's African-American community. And whereas African-Americans account for 30.2% of Broad County's 1,960,000 residents. We, by the way, colleagues, is the second most populated county with black people in the entire United States of America. Only Prince George's County in Maryland have more blacks than us. 
the, the second largest, mo most populated uh, 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 county with black folks in the United States, Broward County. Even more so than Miami. Whereas, in their relenting effort to empower our community with information, the West Side Gazette has been sensitive to the special needs of their readers. And whereas, West Side Gazette believes that the most potent tool with which to face the challenges and opportunities of this new century is the, is the dissemination of information, and it is their responsibility to inform, educate, and reinvest in the community. And whereas, West Side Gazette readers are cultivated African-American consumers who have tremendous buying power to the tune of over $70 billion per year. Their publication is distributed through churches, libraries, colleges, mail subscriptions, and retail outlets throughout South Florida, the second largest metropolitan area in the United States. Second largest black metropolitan area in the United States. And whereas Westside Gazette Mother is a positive paper for positive people. This precept is their commitment to deliver inspirational, informative, and empowering stories to South Florida's African-American community. And whereas Westside Gazette is a sponsor of several events that benefit and uplift the entire community. Events include Sickle Cell Foundation of Broward, Annual David D. Deal Play Day, Sistrunk Historical Festival, and Dr. Martin Luther King celebration. And whereas, Westside Gazette enhances the quality of life not only for the African-American community, but for all communities because of their trusted ability to provide relevant information. Now, therefore, be it proclaimed by the Board of County Commissioners of Broward County, Florida, that the Board hereby designates Tuesday, February 9, 2021, as Westside Gazette Day in Broad County, Florida, in celebration of their 50th year anniversary. Is, yes, fittingly. Mr. Henry's, uh, Levi, Bobby, are you on? Yes, either Mr. Henry, in whichever order you'd like, you're both recognized as speaksters. Uh, I yield to my father. <laughs> <laughs> you go first. Good morning, Broward County. Good morning, Mr. Henry. It's a pleasure that I can be here at this moment to speak to you on behalf of the West Side Gazette, even though I'm retired now, and thank you for supporting my children in their endeavor. Thank you, and may God bless you. All right. Thank you, Daddy. If I can, if I can just say this. Uh, first of all, I, I, I want to thank uh, the mayor, Mr. Holness, and the entire administration uh, of Broward County, especially that uh, lovely county administrator. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and then, and then I want to say, uh, 
you guys do a tremendous job in running this county. But, however, when it comes to singing Happy Birthday, uh, I think you need to get some lessons. It wouldn't be... It wouldn't be right if we didn't say that because of this journey we've been on, we couldn't have done it alone. So we want to say thank you uh, for the assistance, the correction, the uh, cheering, and everything involved that it takes for a business to be in existence for 50 years. That is a tremendous, that is a tremendous um, uh, account uh, of what the struggle in America is. And I just want to say, again, thank you very much. Uh, God bless everybody. And I'm praying that we're around for another 50 years. Right. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Henry. Um, uh, Ms. Henry, thank you for your, uh, your family service. Was there anything that you wanted to say? And Commissioner Bogan, you're next. I know not to ever try to out-talk Bobby. <laughs> so uh, I, I won't do that. But you know, I, I also thank you all for supporting our family for the many years that, you know, that we've been here. And um, Mr. Mr. Levi Henry is actually looking forward to coming back down here uh, relatively soon so that he can really say thank you properly to the community because it's just been, it's been a, a, real, a real journey and he's very appreciative of everything we've all done. Well, Thanks. thank you to Mayor, the entire I was wondering if that, that gentleman on the, uh, on the, you know, that was talking, was he getting fresh with our administrator? I just didn't know. <laughs> I think he has the right to. Commissioner Bogan, you're recognized. No, I have nothing. As a, I have nothing. Oh, you would ask to be recognized, I think? No. Okay. Was there someone over there that asked to be recognized? I thought, okay. All right. In that case, thank you, Mr. Henry. Uh, by the way, I erred in when I announced Senator Rich's birthday which is today, I should also have announced Commissioner Ryan's birthday, who I believe was two days ago. Um, Commissioner Ryan probably ate three or four birthday cakes single-handedly. <laughs> How does it feel to be 25? But uh, congratulations on your birthday as well, Commissioner Ryan. Um, all right, uh, Matt, if you will read the Monday night memo, or is it Tuesday, I'm sorry, the Tuesday morning memo. Good morning. The Tuesday agenda memorandum, the following requests are submitted for your consideration. Consent items are 1 through 30, 22, public hearing items are 23 through 33, regular items are 34 through 41. I request the following withdrawals of scrivener error corrections and inclusion of additional information. Withdrawals of referral substitutions, item number 25. This item is being deferred at the request of staff due to an advertising error. The item is expected to be resubmitted on February 23rd, 2021 to set a new public hearing date. Scrivener errors. Item number 13, summary explanation, page 2, first paragraph, line 4. Currently reads sea level rise adaptation, excuse me, adaptation planning. Should read sea level rise adaptation planning. Summary explanation, page 2, second paragraph, line 2. Currently reads board of county commissioners. Should read board of county commissioners. 
Item number 19, summary explanation. Page 1, line 3, currently reads one voting member category, provides for a career source for a representative to serve on the HCOC. Should read one voting member category, provides for a great Fort Lauderdale Alliance representative to serve on the HCOC. Summary explanation, page 2, line 7. Currently reads the county attorney has determined that Mr. Moffitt qualifies for appointment. Should read the county attorney has determined that Ms. Wines qualifies for appointment. Mayor requests objection, without objection. Items number 35, 38, 39, and 40 be moved to consent. Additional information, item number 12. The board's consideration of item 12 is based upon additional materials submitted as item 12 per and 2. Item number 22, moved from consent to regular. Item number 22, the board's consideration of this item is based on the substitute resolution distributed as additional material by Commissioner Holness. Item number 40, the board's consideration of this item is based on the revised language for the ordinance distributed as additional material. Additional material, regular meeting. Items number 1A through 1C, board appointments. Item number 12, Exhibit 2, amended ordinance submitted by county administration. Item number 12, per and 2, Exhibit 2, amended ordinance submitted by committee administration. Item number 22, Exhibit 1, substitute resolution submitted by Commissioner Dale B.C. Holness. Item number 22, per and 2, Exhibit 1, Substitute Resolution submitted by Commissioner Nan Rich. Item number 34, Parking Garage submitted by Commissioner Mark Bogan. Item number 40, Amendment to the Board submitted by Environmental Protection and Growth Management Department. Additional Material, Public Hearing. Item number 32, Exhibit 10 submitted by Commissioner Dale B.C. Holness. And item number 32, Parent 2, Exhibit 11 submitted by Office of the County Attorney. Thank you. Uh, thank you, sir. We will have you trained well shortly so that you can go to work for Commissioner Fisher's auction house. <laughs> Um, and, uh, Drew, would I announce now the deferral of 25 or wait till we get to the public hearing? Mayor, it's, uh, it's been announced and I think that, uh, Matt is just going to skip it when we get to the public hearing because it's going to be re-advertised. Okay. Because I don't, I don't think I saw that in the, yes, there it is. All right. So, Mr. uh, member, yes, yes, ma'am. Item um, 22 was supposed to have been moved to regular. Um, it was on the Monday night memo, somehow did not make it onto the Tuesday morning memo. Um, so that is a request that we would it's, be making. It, it's, on, it's on there. Oh, is it? Yes. Sorry, okay, let me see it, thank you. Okie dokie. At this point in time, <clears throat> I would like to ask if there are any polls from the consent agenda. This time we'll start from the left, Commissioner Fisher. Uh, no polls, Mayor, thank you. Thank you. Commissioner Bogan. None, thank you. Thank you. And Commissioner Bogan, before I finish this, I want to thank you for the great work that you've been doing up for your constituents up in North County, first at Winmore and now at Palm Air. Well, well now that, uh, that Commissioner Ryan is 65, he's entitled to get a, a, a COVID shot. Okay. Well, uh, he's up next. So, Commissioner Ryan, do you have any polls? Or any, I, I or leave any my slot open for an eligible senior. No polls. Thank you. Commissioner Honus. None. Uh, I'm sorry. Vice Mayor. Number five, just for a quick comment. Number five. Comment. Dr. Sharif. No polls. Commissioner Furr. 13 and 21. 13 and Nine. 21. Quick pass. Oh, done. Very quick. Furr. These are both for comments, sir? Okay. Uh, hold on, you, Dean. And Senator Rich. No polls. Thank you. Okay, um, we have one poll from the public. Rita Lipoff has polled item number 30. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, also items number 11 and 19 by Ms. Lipoff. Hold on. 
30. Okay. And um, county administrator, are there any additional polls? Uh, county auditor, are there any polls? Uh, Ms. Sapero, uh, are there any polls? Can you answer? For no. Okay, thank you. All right, Mr. so. Mr. The, Mayor, yes. I was just informed that Chris Nelson has pulled item 27. There was a mix up on the, the list, but he was on there yesterday and he is on the line. Okie dokie. Oh, public. Okay. It's a public hearing item, but I just want to let you know he's. The gotcha. All right. Uh, thank you. So, if I have this correct, the consent agenda consists of item 1 through 22 plus items 35, 38, 39, 40 minus items 5, 11, 13, 19, 21, uh, 22, uh, 25, 27, and 30. Is that correct? Yes, sir. All right. Is there a motion? Okay. Moved by Commissioner First, seconded by Vice Mayor Udin. All those in favor, please signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed? Show it adopted unanimously. All right. So let's go to the um, items that are have been pulled by the commissioners. Um, first, uh, item number five, Commissioner Udine. Thank you, Mayor. I just wanted to point out, I just didn't want to have this filed without mentioning it. Um, the Greater Fort Lauderdale Alliance in the report to the county has indicated, and this is as of October, I've been trying to push them for more details, but they have at minimum over 26 new companies thinking about making the move to Broward County in some stage of the process. And that was, for, this letter is from October. I know it's more, I've been pushing them to get the names. They won't give them to me, I'm, I can't even get them. But I just wanna compliment them on the fantastic job that they're doing in a fast moving time with what's going on in the South Florida uh, Relo and Tech scene. And uh, with that, I make a motion to approve and accept the report. Yes, uh, I'm sorry. Moved by Commissioner Udine, seconded by Dr. Sharif. Commissioner Ryan, you recognized her. Commissioner Udine, I believe you, you serve on that board. No, okay. I do. Oh, you do. I, if we can find out, I mean, I don't think it's any kind of big secret that the Greater Fort Lauderdale Alliance, along with a lot of other economic development organizations uh, around this area, are um, trying to attract Goldman Sachs and that significant financial uh, footprint that it would provide for South Florida. That's really one of the missing keys that we have to uh, strengthening a diversified economy in Broward County. So if at some point in the future, subject to whatever the negotiations are, if, uh, and this I suppose is through you, Mayor, if we could have some kind of a um, uh, discussion or presentation of, of uh, you know, what's happening there and, and how Perhaps um, other members of the business community might engage and, and try to also, you know, have a concerted front in uh, promoting this company. Commissioner Ryan, I have uh, spoken with uh, the Alliance, offered to speak with anybody that I can at Goldman about this issue. Um, I'm not sure that they would be willing to do anything public at this time. 
So I'll ask, but I doubt that they're willing to do anything public. And one of the problems that we need to address greatly and holistically is that they will be talking about moving to Miami because as everybody will remember when on New Year's when they had the uh, the fireworks at the Dania Beach Pier in your district, Commissioner Ryan, where they said it was from Miami. And this is one of the problems that people are always talking about Miami getting this tech company and that tech company. And they're including Broward in that. So it's the uh, it's the Miami yeah. Dade metropolitan area. It's just the way from reporting and demographics that that's the way it's identified on the on the national scale. And I realize that there are some delicate negotiations on this, but the fact that um, Broward is interested in this company is not something that's any kind of trade secret. In fact, it what, was what in the newspaper about a month ago. What we're doing to but I'll ask if they can possibly do an individual briefing with, with the commissioners. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Uh, next item from commissioners, item 13 by Commissioner Furr. Commissioner, I'm sorry, we, did we vote yet? No. Okay, I'm sorry. All right, so all those in favor of uh, item five, we signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Show it adopted unanimously, 9-0. Commissioner Furr, you're Thank recognized you. on item 13, sir. Thank you. Real quick, I just didn't want it to go unacknowledged, um, the year's worth of scientific work that went into this item. And this is trying to determine the, the finished floor elevation of where this county should be building given climate change and sea level rise. And this took, this has been, the, our, our department has not only figured out, projected what the sea level rise will be for the next 100 years, but also groundwater, future conditions. The map has taken into consideration all of that, plus what FEMA's done. This is a, this is a monumental amount of work. Um, and, I, and it's something that very few counties in, this, in the United States have done. So just uh, huge kudos to our department. This is, uh, this is, paves the way for being able to, to build and develop in this county for the foreseeable future. So congratulations and motion to approve. Thank, thank you, moved and seconded. I'll, I will comment. Uh, you're completely correct, Commissioner Furr. I chair the Broward County Water Advisory Board. We spent multiple meet meetings going over that map and uh, candidly, this would not have happened without the leadership of Dr. Jennifer Arado, and many people have heard me praise her repeatedly at this commission level. Uh, I don't believe there's anybody in the state in public office, in government that has her knowledge of water and expertise in that area. So uh, thank you again, Dr. Arado, and uh, it's been moved and seconded. All those in favor, please signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Show that adopted. And Commissioner Fur, that was item number 13, correct? Correct. So you are now on item 21. Thank you. This has to do with the uh, audits, auditor's report on the uh, child care, and I have no problems with the audit. Um, but I will say that on one part, number seven, talks about a formal quality assurance program should be implemented. And I would ask that we actually consider expanding greatly what the quality insurance would, would actually be. This is more a dotting of the I's and making sure that all the numbers and things are, are taken care of. But for, quality, for real quality in child care to take place, we need to find ways to actually start to look at the professional development of the teachers that are there. 
to start to look at um, uh, the interactions that kids have with teachers. This is when we just we recently passed the racial equity task force. This is where racial equity comes in. This is where you make a difference, and and I think we should be trying to expand the, the, the our measure of quality. We you know we are one of the few counties in the state that actually license childcare. Normally, it's done by DCF. So we have some latitude here. We actually have possibilities, and I think we may want to ask Children's Services Board, and I know uh, Commissioner Holness is on there now. Uh, the Children's Services Council, as well as well as the ELC, Early Learning Coalition, to to maybe help us come up with what those criteria would be for quality, and start to actually try to promote that through our own child care licensing. That is how I think, if we're going to um, implement a quality assurance program, those are the criteria that need to be uh, included to make this a, re a real robust program. So I, I thank you for your audit. I just wanted to add that to that. And do you have a motion? Motion to approve. Is there a second? second. No, I have moved by uh, Commissioner first, seconded by Senator Rich. First, we'll call on the auditor, and then on um, on Commissioner um, Honus. Honus. Just one of those things. Sorry. I just County wanted, auditor, Mr. Melton. Just wanted to make a quick comment that uh, okay. uh, to public publicly commend the child care licensing operation um, they have virtually implemented every recommendation that we had and there were some very substantive recommendations in this report so they've done a great job and I just want to make sure that everybody's aware of what they've done thank you mr. Melton Commissioner Honus you recognize sir and again my apologies That's okay uh, so part of what I've spoke to over time when you talk about equity and inequality the thing that we must be most mindful of is many of these that are located in low income mostly black communities lack the resources yep. and I think that's something that we need to look at more than anything else because you can expect quality but if you can't fund it how do you achieve it it is something that I believe we as a community, this board need to lead on to ensure that those communities where many of these parents can barely afford to get these kids into these early learning centers. And the amount that they pay can only match their income. So these centers don't receive the kind of funding that some centers in wealthier community have because they can charge much more and provide much better quality service. So when we look to see how we're enforcing this, we must be mindful of that. That it's not that these centers don't want to do what's right. They're doing everything they can with the limited resources that they have. And sometimes our rules and regulations don't bear in mind those disparities and inequalities that exist. So we sweep everyone the same way. We paint them the same way. But they're not the same. So I would charge us to find a way to get some additional funding to those in 
particularly the six zip codes that we have identified that have high poverty, high unemployment, and, 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 and ask your partners, Children's Service Council, to seek to fund these centers even more than they are funded so that they can get much more than is given now to ensure that the future of Broward County, the future of our nation, is stronger. Because if we don't prepare these young people, these children, at an early age, we can't compete with the rest of the world because they are putting money on the front end rather than us who oftentimes put it on the back end and putting people in prison. It is a serious issue for us to address. Commissioner Furrier, you're recognized, sir. Just real quick. Well, I totally, I totally agree. And, and uh, you know, this has been uh, an issue with the any children's advocates for a while, trying to get resources to um, ch child care centers. One thing that has been interesting that has happened with the Zoom and during this COVID is that for many of the child care workers, prior, prior to this, they, would, they were having a hard time getting professional development because they would have to go to a college, they'd have to have the transportation was an issue, timing was an issue, all these things. But what has happened is they've actually had a chance because of Zoom to be able to take classes together and that kind of thing. So there's some ways where, you know, we've, we're learning as we go uh, that there's other possibilities of being able to do professional development to bring resources. And I think we should be looking at those kind of things and trying to, you know, that, that's where you can, you, know, you can raise people up and help on professional development this way. And we should try to do that where we can. But I, I couldn't agree with you more on, okay. on all of that. All those in favor of uh, item 21, please signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Show it adopted unanimously 9-0. Uh, Drew, I have a county attorney. I have a question for you. We have two polls from the consent item by Ms. Lipoff and one from public hearing. I know that there are rules for time when there are multiple polls by a member of the public. I don't recall what they are. Can you elaborate on those? It would not, would not be triggered by this situation, Senator. Okay. In that case, um, exactly. Um, on item number 11, operator, can you tell me if Rita Lipoff is on the line? I did to off and one from public hearing. I know that there are rules for time when there are multiple polls. That I does not sound like Rita Lipoff. Can you <laughs> elaborate on this? Rita Lipoff, can you please? Uh, Operator, is Rita Lipoff on the line? Is yes, she, she's on the line. Rita, please, please unmute go her. Ms. Lipoff, are you there? Yes, hi. Okay, Ms. Whipoff, you recognize an item number 11 for three minutes. Begin, please. Yes, hi, good morning. First of all, I want to inquire about why the attachments that are usually found on the agenda are not okay. there today. Can someone answer that? I'm sorry, ma'am. Which attachments? Um, usually when you look at the Broward County Board and County Commissioner's agenda, all board appointments, all grant agreements, all motions, there are usually attachments right on 
the agenda item hot links that you can click on to read the details, they did not seem to be there today. Okay, I, I have no knowledge of this. It's here. Okay, uh, County Attorney, would you... I cannot hear you, sir. I can hear you speaking Sorry, in the County background. County Attorney, would you care to comment? I muted the... Ms. Lepoff, hold on a moment. You made a statement. I'm asking the County Attorney about this. They're in my copy, <coughs> Mayor, I believe, and I didn't... Yeah, so they're, okay, they're there. Okay, apparently staff advises me that they're there, Ms. Lepoff. Hmm. Well, I'll look again after the meeting. Um, thank you. Uh, I am very concerned. Uh, which item is this? I'm sorry. I couldn't. This is about no, moving professional standards authority. Start over, but okay. Yeah, Proceed. What? Can you speak up, please? Me? Yes, ma'am. We're having a little hard time hearing you. Oh, I'm having trouble hearing you. Okay. Well, your time is running, so please speak. Okay, well, I'm not sure if I'm speaking about the right item, but I'm very concerned with the Office of Professional Standards not having a director. I made a complaint to my commissioner, Dean Furr, that uh, the Professional Standards Office was supposed to have a director, and they did, Eddie Labrador, but they pulled him off and they put in a series of people who were not qualified. Uh, Muriel Smith was not qualified and then retired. A woman named Patricia Cope was fired. Uh, and the woman now does not have the qualifications to be a director. And the solution to this is apparently to just change the rules to refer reflect what you've already done. But without a department director, what you have is Bertha Henry controlling the office and Monica Sotero. 20 seconds remaining. By not making them public record, there's like a half dozen reports involving Reggie McNair, the sexual harassment perpetuated by Bogan and Ryan, and uh, the HIPAA issues. And all the transportation. Time is up. Department. Okay, Ms. Ripoff, Ms. Ripoff, I'll give you a few seconds to wrap up. Well, I think any commissioner who votes for anything other than a department director and this department being moved under the auditor is pro corruption. Okay, Ms. Ripoff, Ms. Ripoff your time has expired now, but you know I will be calling on you momentarily on item 19. So thank you for your comments on item 11. Is there a motion? Second. Moved by Commissioner Holness, seconded by Dr. Sharif. All those in favor of item 11, please signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Show it adopted unanimously by a vote of 9-0. Uh, Ms. Lipoff, you're recognized. Are you still on the line, Ms. Lipoff? Ms. Lipoff? Please yeah. go ahead, your line You're is You're recognized on item 19, ma'am. Oh, that is not the one I signed up for. I sent an email to my commissioner showing him what the item was. Okay, Ms. Lipoff, if you're not signed up to speak on item 19. I'm signed up for 11th 
30 and 34. I don't know where 19 came from. I sent a screenshot of the acknowledgement. Is there? Uh, oh. Commissioner Furr okay. staff. Stop, 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 stop. Hold on, we're checking. Uh, Ms. Sapero, is there anything on item 34 opposed by Ms. Lipoff? Not in our system, sir, but um, there's no pulls on 34 of the people registered for, through AT&T. It was 11, 19, and 30. Okay. Hold on. Yes, uh, Mr. Myers, County Mayor, Attorney. Yeah, Mayor, 34 is the parking garage, so uh, it has, it's, it's not on consent anyway. So. Okay, um, Ms. Lipoff, item 34 is not on consent. So if you wish to speak on item 34, we will uh, call Mayor, on you when we get Mayor, to item 34. I, I move item 19. Okay, um, Commissioner Ryan moves item 19, seconded by Vice Mayor. Um, the, uh, all those in favor of item 19, please signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Show item 19 adopted unanimously. We are now on item number 22. Well, give me one moment, please. Um, item number 22 by Commissioner Holness. Um, uh, reading clerk, if you can read the uh, title to item 22. Item, sure. Item 22 is a motion to adopt resolution, the title of which is as follows, an item submitted by Commissioner Holness. A resolution of the Board of County Commissioners of Broward County, Florida, accepting a donation of $25,000 from Cyber William Schengen Company, LLC, to be utilized for the purpose of assisting organizations in Broward County affected by the COVID-19 pandemic, authorizing the county administrator to take all administrative and budgetary actions required to implement acceptance and providing for severability and an effective date. Thank you, Matt. Commissioner Holness, you recognize, sir. Thank you. So we brought this item uh, before. Uh, we had uh, rigorous debate. The board opted to have it go to the county administrator for it to be split amongst the different district. The initiative taken by Seabird William Shank was one in which they recognized the pandemic effect on effect on the community, especially small organizations, and wanted to do something to help. And, and that was further heightened on their part by what they saw uh, with uh, the disparities that exist for COVID, for what we saw with Mr. Floyd, and they wanted to target it to organizations that help within the black community. I thought we had it settled uh, that that would be the course of action that the county administrator would work with each of us for each of us to determine how we would like to handle this uh, opportunity to help our small organizations that have been in many instances decimated by the COVID-19 pandemic. Many of them depended and having an annual, annual event where they would raise funds to help the community in various ways. That is what we have in front of us, uh, but I know that Senator Rich brought something uh, a bit different, so I thought we had a, a already settled this uh, amongst ourselves at the previous meeting where we discussed it. Thank you. Thank you, yes, Commissioner Honus. Senator Rich, you're recognized, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. Yeah, I'm sorry. I apologize. Senator Rich, you're recognized for his substitute. Yeah, substitute. Um, yes, I, um, I personally uh, did not agree to anything where we would be involved with the distribution of this money. I believe it sets a bad precedent 
I believe that it bypasses our own processes. And for all the other COVID money, it has gone through a process uh, with our, our administration. And uh, it doesn't uh, uh, diminish the fact that someone can suggest something, whatever, but I, I am not in favor, nor will I support something where we have a certain amount of money that we are that is given to us through someone who I believe is has good intentions about giving the county money for uh, to help with COVID related issues but I do not believe that it should be given uh, with the intent of the commissioners uh, distributing that money so um, this uh, amendment actually uh, does change that and basically uh, says that the uh, the county administrator is authorized to take all administrative and budgetary actions required to accept the donation and allocate the donation to nonprofit public charitable organizations that have been affected by COVID-19 pandemic, um, including executing any agreements required for the allocation. So that is my motion and that takes that away. I, I just, I have to say, I, this is, I, I mean, not only does it look bad, I, it, it's, it's not something we should be doing, in my opinion, uh, getting money directly given to us to give out from someone who does business with the county. It's, it, to me, is just not something we should be doing. So that's why I have put in this amendment. Okay, Senator Rich, um, let me first ask before I take debate, and I see there's a lot of debate whether or not Commissioner Holness accepts that mm -hmm. as a friendly amendment. If not, I will take debate, which I see number hands. Commissioner Honus, so, this, so first, you regard this as a friendly amendment? Not really. Let me first. Case, let me first. Let me first. Mr. Honus, let me ask but, a question no. of the county attorney as okay. to process, uh, well, because it's it, there's a statement that this is not our process. County attorney, isn't this the way we handle these kind of situation? Uh, since I've been here, this is what we've done. We're received by the county and then handled this way. Am I right or wrong? I don't know about all of the precedent, uh, Commissioner Holness, but there's nothing improper uh, okay. legally okay. about either your proposal or Senator Rich's proposal. And I, I just wanted to point out, just so everybody's aware of it, your substitute proposal, the only change was that Ms. Henry would have authority to sign the contracts uh, so it wouldn't have to come back to the board. Under Senator Rich's proposal, as she just stated, uh, Ms. Henry would determine the, the use of it. Uh, so that, that's the primary difference. It's, it's legal either way. Uh, so, so at this point okay, in time. Wait, 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 wait. Stop. Commissioner Honus, what the order that we'll have the let, debate let me, in let, is let me, first I'm going to, no, first I'm going to take the debate. Then I'm going to recognize you because her amendment would wipe out your, uh, your original amendment. Then she will close on hers. That's the correct order. So, so if I may, debate. please. Yes, I'm not going to fight this. It's it's minuscule. It's 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 not worth the fight. Whatever you guys decide, it's fine. It's no problem. This, this company intended to do good, uh, and and we can accept their good whichever way you want to accept it. Well, that's why I asked if you accept hers as a friendly it's, amendment. Gonna, it doesn't make sense for us to take time to go through all of this. Point all right, Commissioner Holness is accepting this. If he's accepting this, can I hope that there's no debate on this now? I just want to understand what is the friendly amendment. Okay, the amendment is that we are, it is a substitute amendment, which will state that the $25,000 would be accepted by the county administrator and the county administrator would spend that funds in her discretion on charitable organizations related to COVID. Versus 
versus breaking it up into nine checks that of about $3,000 each that each of us would control. So Senator Rich's Commissioner Holness is the one that would give each commissioner no, one-ninth of the money. No, not me. Still the county administrator. No, no but, but, the, but it would go through the county administrator. The county but administrator will the, determine? No, 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 no. That's Senator Rich's. What can we talk? Okay, the way that this is right now is that each commissioner would have, would be able to direct the funds in their district. Senator Rich has, her substitute would instead say that the county administrator would do that. The county attorney is nodding his head. So, Commissioner Bogan, did that answer your question? Yes, sir. Good. Can we vote now? Yes, sir. I'll second uh, Senator Rich's uh, amendment. All right. Is there any additional debate? If not, all the you may, if you insist. Just quickly, if we give instruction to the county administrator and the dollars are being used for COVID relief within our specific district, is that something that the county administrators are amenable to? Look, I have a I have a group. It's a 501C. They've been every Wednesday feeding people in Coral Springs. They could use some dollars to continue doing that. And I want to try and assist that. It's going to that be then you would be in favor of Commissioner Holness's motion and opposed to Senator Rich's well, not, substitute. I'm not really opposed to it if the county administrator says that as long as it's going to COVID, they're going to just, but, I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to do it. I want her to deal with all of it. But if it's for COVID, I'm assuming that that's the intent of Senator Rich's motion also. We're not touching it, dealing with it. but. Shouldn't we be able to give ideas? Yeah. Okay. My, we we, everybody can give recommendations okay. to Ms. Henry. My recommendation will be that all 25,000 go to Feeding South Florida. Senator Rich, I'm sure, has other priorities. All of us have priorities. Under the... Mayor, hold can, up. can I one, help you? I'll, I'll get I, you one second. I got a solution. Yes. It accomplishes both goals. Yes, sir. If if everybody, if you just give authority to the the county administrator and each commissioner, if if we have somewhere to designate, we tell her. If we don't, that she, is she the wholeness. She recommend that, that is the wholeness motion. It, okay, so so if you're if you're in favor of stop, stop. Let me just explain this. And county attorney, please verify if I understand this correctly. There's a binary choice here. If we want the county, the money either way is going to go to, through the county administration. If we want each county commissioner to have the ability to designate where that money should be expended, then you would be in support of the wholeness motion. If instead you want to take away that ability and say it's unseemly, we want the county administrator in her complete and total discretion to decide that, then you are in favor of the rich substitute. County attorney, have I described that accurately? Yes, sir. Okay, so does everybody understand what the two choices are? Commissioner Ryan, you're recognized, sir. I don't want to really split hairs too much, but I, I think to, to direct the um, direct to the comments of Commissioner Udine. Uh, sometimes the members themselves have a better feel for what's happening within a district than the, the county administrator, because she's dealing with the entire county. So I, I, I think that 
clearly the intent is that the county administrator would listen to recommendations by the members, but we do not have the authority to direct her. And, and I think that's where we're all at. So I just, you said within her, her entire discretion. Yes, it is. But, you know, being willing to listen to what individual commissioners feel is, is an appropriate um, nonprofit use during the pandemic. Mr. Mayor. Uh, Senator Rich, you're recognized, ma'am. Yes. This is no different than what we do now. All of us have spoken to our administration on issues that are important to us that we see out there. Okay, but we are not saying, I want this money spent here, here, here. We're talking, we can bring recommendations. I go all the time to talk about vaccinations or testing or whatever it may be. That, that is something that we do as a normal process. I don't want us to change that process. I don't want us to be involved in the distribution in any way of the money. So recommendations are fine, but that's Great. it. Okay. So that's well, why my amendment good. takes well, care of it. All those in favor of the rich substitute, please signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? All right, show it adopted by a vote of eight to one. Um, with with Bogan <laughs> dissenting. Again. Right. Okay. Yeah, it's um, item we are now on the public hearing. Our public hearing today are items twenty-three through thirty-three minus item twenty-five, which has been deferred. Staff will open each public hearing item and recognize any members of the public who wish to comment. Upon completion of any public comment on the item, my glasses keep fogging up, the item will come back to the dais. The public hearing on item number 23 is now open. Item 23. Yeah, um, just on item number 23 and item number 24. Yes. Um, I have a conflict. Craven Thompson is the agent. Uh, the principal of Craven Thompson and I both serve on the same board of directors and own shares of legacy. I'm going to leave the uh, dais for 23 and 24 and file. Thank you, Commissioner Udine. Okay, and so. There are, let's see, we are now on item number 23. Um, Matt, can you read out the title? The public hearing on item 23 is now open. Item 23 is a motion to adopt resolution to vacate a portion of a 35-foot right-of-way and a variable width utilities when lying within parcel A of Solomon Office Park Platt, as recorded in Platt Book 121, page 13 of the public records of Broward County. There are no speakers signed up on this item. Thank you. Is there any public debate? Uh, uh, there is no public speaker. Show the public hearing closed. Is there any debate? If not, Dr. Shreve moves item number 23. Seconded by Vice Mayor uh, Honus. Yes. All those in favor of. Oh, I'm Holness. sorry, Commissioner Honus. I'm sorry. All those in favor. All those in favor. Of, hey, he's out of sight, he's out of mind. Okay. All those in favor of item 23, please signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Sure that adopted by a vote of 8 0. The public hearing on item number 24 is I'm now sorry, open. Wait, item 24 is. Wait, wait, wait. Show that adopted by a vote of 8-0 with Commissioner Udine okay. abstaining. Now please proceed to item 24, Matt. 
The public hearing on item number 24 is now open. Item 24 is a motion to adopt resolution to vacate a portion of a 50-foot utility easement line within tract A of Plantation Plaza Platte. As recorded in Platte Book 68, page 25, and a variable with utility easement line within tract A of Swindle Subdivision Number 2 Platte. As recorded in Platte Book 68, page 32 of the public records of Broward County. There are no speakers signed up to speak on this item. Move it. Thank you. The public hearing on item number 24 is now closed. Move it by Commissioner uh, Bogan, seconded by Dr. Sharif. All those in favor, please signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Sure that adopted unanimously by a vote of 8 to 0 with Commissioner Udine abstaining. Again, item number 25 has been deferred. We are now on item number 26. The public hearing on item number 26 is now open. Item 26 is a motion to adopt resolution to vacate a 20-foot utility easement lying within track K of the land section 4 golf course plat as recorded in plat book 88, page 20 of the public records of Barrow County. There are no speakers signed up to speak on this item. Move it. Showing those, showing those speakers, item number 26, the public hearing is now closed. Uh, the item has been moved by Commissioner Bogan. Seconded by Dr. Sharif. All those in favor of item 26, please signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Show item 26 adopted. Uh, Matt, please read item number 27. The public hearing on item number 27 is now open. Item 27 is a motion to adopt resolution to vacate a portion of the 100-foot by 82-foot traffic control device easement and portions of the variable width landscape buffer easement, both lying within lots 1 and 2 of Miramar, Cultural, I'm sorry, Miramar Central Plaza, as recorded in Platte Book 182, page 80 of the public records of Broward County. There is one speaker signed up to speak on this item. And I believe that that is Mr. Nelson. Um, operator, and we may have also Mr. Mealy on item 27. Um, uh, yep. Operator, please unmute Chris Nelson. Chris, your line is unmuted. Please go ahead. Mr. Nelson. Mayor Gaffer, how are you today? I see you're not sir, several more minutes today. Uh, I wonder if Dr. Fauci says to wear five masks, if you would, or maybe a diaper on your head. But anyway... On April 10, 2020, Broward County issued an emergency order requiring anyone entering a building within the county to wear a mask. Businesses were required to post signs on their door threatening fines. Okay, When I let me be clear to all speakers, when I say to stop or sir, 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 and you keep overriding me. You will be disconnected. Um, Mr. Myers, item 27 has nothing to do with masks, correct? That's correct, Mayor. Okay. Your, to the public, your items must be at least tangentially related to the items that you have signed up to speak on. Masks are not in any way related to an easement um, on a traffic control easement in Miramar. So, Mayor, move it. It's been moved by Commissioner Bogan, Second. seconded by uh, Vice Mayor Udine. Um, I'm sorry, uh, Mr. Mealy, did you have any need to speak? Okay, <coughs> not hearing anything. Uh, it's been moved and seconded. The public hearing is closed. All those in favor of adopting item 27, please signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Show it adopted without objection by a vote of 9-0. Matt, if you will read item 28. 
The public hearing on item number 28 is now open. Item 28 is a motion to adopt resolution granting a new non-inclusive franchise to Terminal Security Solutions Inc. for a one-year term to provide marine terminal security services at Port Everglades. There are no speakers signed up on this item. Since there are no public uh, speakers, the public hearing is now closed. The item number 28 has been moved by Commissioner Bogan, seconded by Commissioner Holness. All those in favor of item number 28, please signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Show uh, item number 28 adopted by unanimous vote of 9-0. Um, we are now, Matt, please read item 29. The public hearing on item number 29 is now open. Item 29 is the motion to adopt resolution pertaining to annual operating permit fees for wheelchair accessible taxi cabs, amending section 40.50 of the County Administrative Code. There are no speakers signed up to speak on this item. Okay, is there any debate? Seeing, I have a question. Yes, sir. How, how is a resolution amending a section? I don't understand. This is a resolution, right? That Commissioner Holness is doing. But then in the resolution, we're talking about amending a section. We're okay. not amending the uh, code of ordinances. We're amending the administrative code in order to amend our ordinances that requires a ordinance. But this is not amending an ordinance. This is amending the administrative okay. code. Did that answer your question, Commissioner? I believe so. Thank okay. you. Is there, are there any questions or debate on item number 29? If not, uh, Commissioner Furr moves adoption, seconded by uh, Commissioner Holness. All those in favor, please signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Show item 29 adopted unanimously by a vote of 9-0. Item number 30. Uh, Matt. The public hearing on item number 30 is now open. Item 30 has two parts. Part A is a motion to enact ordinance pertaining to emergencies amending Chapter 8 of the code of County Code of Ordinances regarding declarations of emergencies and authorized emergency powers. Part B is a motion to adopt resolution pertaining to meetings amending Section 18.3 of the County Administrative Code. There is one speaker signed up to speak on this item. And that is Ms. Lipoff, I believe. Operator, uh, is Rita Lipoff still on the line? Yes, she's on the line. Please unmute her. Matt, when she starts speaking, three minutes. Good morning. Uh, Good morning. Happy to say I did figure out the change in the format and the attachment is now listed a different way. Um, I did not have a chance to read it, so I cannot really speak as to it, but I would like to say that I did try and call my county commissioner to ask about this. I call and call and call, and I guess uh, Bean Fur does not feel that he has to answer me or have okay, to wait. ask. Okay, wait. Okay. Let's, let's I wasn't try and be civil. Go ahead. No, I just I don't understand where you all come off, where you can go drink at bars and you can eat at restaurants. Okay, uh, all right. Okay, Ms. Lipoff, you are not speaking at all to item number 30. Do you have any comments on item number 30? Speaking on number 30, I had a question about it. I can't get anyone on the phone. I've called my commissioner. I've left him messages. Uh, okay, Ms. Lipoff, the county attorney is advising us that your remarks are not related to item number 30. I, you may have questions about your commissioner. You can contact him. Well, it was about your item, item 30. Uh, operator, so. please, operator, please disconnect Ms. Lipoff. 
Um, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, Ms. Lipoff, but, you know, your items must be related to uh, the item. Your comments must be related to the items we're discussing. I'm sorry, it was moved by Commissioner Fisher, seconded by Dr. Sharif. All those in favor of item number 30, can we vote on both items, A and B, at yes, the sir. same time? Yes. Okay, all those in favor of item 30, part A and part B, please signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? All right. Show it adopted. I'm sorry? Yes. And Mayor, can show, I also... What, show it, can we adopt it first? Yeah, no, go ahead. Okay. Show it adopted unanimously by a vote of 9-0. Dr. Sharif, you recognize me. May I please be shown as voting in the affirmative on item 28 and 29? Uh, without a, is there any objection? If not, show without objection. Show Dr. Sharif having voted in the affirmative on item number 28 and item number 29. We are now on item 31. The public hearing on item number 31 is now open. Item 31 is a motion to enact ordinance pertaining to quasi-judicial proceedings amending section 1-326 and 1-328 of the County Code of Ordinances, providing for definitions and standings to remove items from the quasi-judicial consent agenda. There are no speakers signed up to speak on this item. If there are no public speakers, the public hearing is now closed and Senator Rich moves uh, approval uh, seconded by Commissioner Ryan. Um, all those in favor of adoption, please signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Show it adopted unanimously 9-0. We are now on item number 32. Item 32 and 33 will be heard simultaneously. So if there's any comment, you may make your comments from the public, and I don't think there are any on items 32 and 33 at the same time. Uh, at this point in time, I would like to, I'm sorry, Matt, will you read item the title to item 32, and then I will recognize Commissioner Bogan. Uh, the public hearing on item number 32 is now open. Item 32 is a motion to enact ordinance creating the Broward County Locksmith Act, creating Division 8 of Article 7 of Chapter 20 of the County Code of Ordinances, providing for licensing of locksmiths and registration of locksmith businesses, providing for enforcement and penalties, and amending Section 8.5-16 of the Code relating to fines for violations. There are no speakers signed up to speak on this item. Okay, and if you'll read item 33, the title also, so that we, we can discuss the two of them at the same time. Sure. Our final public hearing item number 33 is now open. Item 33 is a motion to adopt resolution establishing fees for locksmith and apprentice locksmith licenses and locksmith business registration certificates amending section 40.50 of the county administrative code. There are no speakers signed up to speak on this item. Thank you and at this point in time um, the public hearing is now closed on items number 32 and 33. Mr. Bogan would you care to explain items 32 and it's if you if it's your pleasure to do 33 now, or if not, we'll do it later. Sure, thank you, Mayor. Um, everybody knows there's, I don't know, thousand, uh, over a thousand different professions in this, in this world, right? There's, I don't know, 2,000, however many professions there are in this world, but tell me which one allows somebody access to your home, a key to your home or a key to your business. There's only one profession that I'm aware of that gives a person who does not want to be honest the opportunity to get access to your home or your property or your office. And that's being a locksmith. We have no ordinance whatsoever. Anybody could be a locksmith in Broward County and we need to change that. Um, and, and so my, some of my suggestions might be what you might consider overboard. And okay, I'm, 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 you know, they may be, and I agree with that. But to me, remember, somebody's coming to your home, 
do a key, and if they, you know, if they have a background that um, is, is con you know, is concerning. Look at that. We don't let police officers. We don't let security people with certain backgrounds. We don't let them have that profession either. So, with that said, um, I, I, it's, it was my recommendation that any person convicted of an offense involving moral turpitude, the use of a deadly weapon, homicide, a violent offense against a law enforcement officer, uh, and then they went into all these different, uh, if you see what the backup is, different types of sexual misconduct, but moral turpitude is any sexual crime. Um, and, and, and so, so there's a whole battery of different crimes here uh, that would exclude somebody from being a locksmith. And then we went into um, uh, misdemeanors. Um, I, I thought that if somebody would trespass in somebody's property or car, I would not want them to, I would not trust somebody who's been convicted of trespass into a, a property or car. And, and so I agree with Commissioner Holness's um, friendly amendment on what he did uh, for the bottom of this chart, uh, disqualifying any felony trespass or any trespass in a structure or conveyance. If a person's going to trespass in a structure or conveyance, they certainly could do it to your home. So I, I really would recommend not going with the, my original one, uh, but I recommend Commissioner Holness's definition uh, for trespass. And, um, and with that said, you know, I, uh, now we're just going to distinguish between people who want to be a locksmith in the future versus people who are currently locksmiths now. And uh, again, I, I hope that we err on the side of being conservative because this is the only profession in the world that I'm aware of that will give somebody access to your home. And, um, and, and so I hope that, um, that, you know, I'm error on the side of caution, meaning I'm making it tougher, but uh, I'll, I'll, I'll hand it off to you. Okay, thank you. And let me say, let me read from my script here, that the operative version of the ordinance by the sponsor, Commissioner Bogan, is Exhibit 8. Additional amendments are proposed by me, Exhibit 4 and Commissioner Ryan, Exhibit 6. And updated amendments proposed by Commissioner Holness were distributed as additional material and labeled Exhibit 10. An updated matrix of proposed amendments was also distributed as additional material and labeled Exhibit 11. I have been given a decision tree for item 32 and I find the decision tree sufficiently complicated that I'm going to ask the county attorney okay. to explain it. Before I do this, let me say, Commissioner Bogan, I think all of us agree with the intent of your bill. All of us think that it needs to be tightened up, and I thank you for bringing this up. The question is at what point in time, if any, should former um, former people convicted of crimes be able to either automatically or through um, Lenny Villalpando's office show rehabilitation. And I will add, I'm not going to get into any of the details now. I'm going to ask the county attorney to go through the decision tree. But that is generally the decision in front of us. County attorney. Thank you, Mayor. And you'll uh, be the first commissioner right now. Yes. Uh, I, if you don't mind, I'm going to walk us through the first three points on the decision tree and then turn it over to Ms. Harrod uh, for the fourth point. I think the first three ones are pretty 
straightforward. Uh, the the uh, first one uh, has to do with the deadline for current locksmiths to apply for licensure uh, and Commissioner Holness's amendment in Exhibit 10 uh, would allow them to have 90 days, but if they can demonstrate good cause to the department, they can have up to an additional 90 days. I, I, it's my understanding from discussions with Commissioner Bogan, but I want to make sure that I'm correct that he's accepting that as a friendly amendment. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely accept Commissioner Holmes's 90 days without 90 additional days. If there's good cause, absolutely, I agree with that, and I hope everybody else does. Okay, if that's the case, before you go on, I will ask, there um, seems to be agreement on the Bogan Amendment as modified by Commissioner Holness. So is there any debate on that amendment? If not, all those in favor of this is amendment attachment nine, is that correct? It, it's attachment 10 and it's the first attachment point 10. on the decision tree that you're resolving. Right okay, now. all those in favor of the first point of attachment 10, please signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed? All right. Uh, show that adopted unanimously by a vote of eight to zero. And let's get that out of the way now. So please continue, Mr. Myers. Thank you, Mayor. The second point Commissioner Bogan has already accepted as a friendly amendment, which is the Commissioner Wholeness uh, description of which trespass violations would constitute disqualifying offenses. So essentially, it's all felony trespasses plus any misdemeanor trespass, because we're already covering felonies uh, on a, uh, in a structure or conveyance. Uh, so if uh, that's already been accepted by Commissioner Bogan, if everyone would accept that, we could get that out of the way. All right, uh, let me ask if there are any, if there's any discussion or, met or debate on that point. If not, um, all those in favor of, um, of that amendment, please signify by saying, Aye. Aye. Opposed? Show that adopted unanimously by a vote of 8-0, or was that 9-0? And without objection, please show Commissioner Furr as having voted in the affirmative on the last amendment. Thank you. Um, um, I'm sorry, Mr. Myers, please continue. Thank you, Mayor. It gets slightly more complicated only because, I was it, it, would. Only because it goes from a binary choice on the first two to, if trinary choice is the right word, uh, three options on number three. What this is, is this is the trigger date. Uh, when you, you, We've already talked about what the disqualifying offenses are and everybody's in agreement on those. So the question is, uh, in terms of rehabilitation or in terms, and by rehabilitation I mean somebody who's applying for a license, even though they've, they've been convicted of one of the disqualifying offenses, they can demonstrate to the department that they're fit to be a locksmith. Uh, so, uh, in terms of that, or in terms of a staleness issue, which we'll get to in just a second, we, there are three potential trigger dates to start that time period. The first one, date of the offense, is proposed by uh, Commissioner Bogan in, uh, in his documents. The second one, date of conviction, is actually not in any of the proposals, but we put it in there because we thought it was at least logical to be considered. And the third one is the date that's used by Commissioner Holness and also Mayor by you and by Commissioner Ryan uh, in your proposals. And that is the date that all terms and conditions of a sentence, including any probation, are completed. Uh, so we just wanted to get the board's consensus on that and then in the final draft we'll make sure that uh, we can form it. Okay. Um, can you, 
elaborate a little bit more on the differences. So is this, this is also a binary choice? Well, it's, it's, there are three choices here. So the first choice is when, what, so we're only dealing with disqualifying offenses and you're all in agreement as to what those are. Uh, now the question is, in, in terms of figuring out whether somebody is eligible to prove rehabilitation, uh, which in some instances may require the passage of time, uh, or in terms of determining whether certain offenses are so old that they're stale and for purposes of applying for licensure, uh, it, it's as though they never occurred. Uh, that, that's, that's the date we're trying to figure out the front end of that time frame. So the, so the first question is... Doesn't that have to be considered in paramateria with the uh, number of years? Because uh, you, I don't see how you can do one without the other. I think it's related to, to the number of years, so it's related to the fourth point. Right. Uh, but the, the time that you start to count the time I think can be analyzed independently. Okie so. dokie. Um, Commissioner Holness, then Commissioner Bogan, because uh, Commissioner Bogan, he had his hand up for quite some time. So, uh, okay, Commissioner Bogan, then Commissioner Holness, then I will speak. So I just wanted everyone to just consider a person who's going to have a potential key to your home. My feeling was that if that person ever used a deadly weapon in commission of a crime, moral turpitude in commission of a crime, violence against a person. I was saying they're totally disqualified. But then Renee brought up a good point, saying, well, what if the person was 18 years old, got in a bar fight? That's, that's violence against a person. Are you going to hold it against them? It's a good point. So now I would say that if, if, if the person had any felony that involved violence against a person, uh, used a deadly weapon, any felony, moral turpitude, um, you know, maybe I would disqualify them, uh, any violent felony of a person. Well, then you could say, well, they did it when they were young and, and they should be rehabilitated. There's a thousand professions, over a thousand professions in this world. I'm going to just say it again, and I'm sorry to repeat myself. You're giving a person access to your home, day or night. I, I would rather be more protective on this one profession. And so I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm here saying that any violent felony um, against another person or were they, or, or a conviction of moral turpitude, uh, sex crime, person should be totally disqualified, period, done. There's a thousand other professions they can look at. That's my position. If you guys want to loosen that up, that's up to you. Um, and I just, so I just wanted to, that's on the left side here, I just wanted to clarify. But violence against a person, I backed off uh, what Renee was saying. If they get in a bar fight or something they do when they're younger, it's a misdemeanor type thing, then, then fine, that, that'll be real votation. Thank you, Commissioner Honus, then Mayor Geller. Well, let me thank uh, Commissioner Bogan for accepting the amendments that we agreed to uh, previously. And, and I just want to point out that one of the things that we have to look at as human beings is that there's opportunity for redemption. All of us made a mistake somewhere, somehow along the way. And if we make it so that there's no chance for redemption, then what we end up with is where we are. We've, we've got people that we have incarcerated sometimes for offenses that are minor. Getting in a, in a, in a fight as a teenager, I know when I was young, we got in some tussles. Some of it wasn't even serious. But in today's standard, you know, I push you, you push me back, and, and we wrestle. <laughs> For the record, I am not wrestling. <laughs>
our life could be ruined forever. So, so at some point in time, we really need to understand that we have to have some opportunity for redemption so that people can have opportunities to live to their fullest potential and, and make us a more uh, prosperous uh, community and country. So with, with these three uh, items that we have here, date of offense, date of conviction, and, and date terms and condition of, uh, of sentences uh, are done. Uh, one, one of the things that I look at, and, and I need our county attorney to probably explain a little bit more, Date of, date of offense would probably be the earliest of the three, but what if that person wasn't convicted? This is only for uh, convictions. Okay, all right, so, so then I, I'm gonna go with date of offense because it gives someone, because sometimes the time that it takes to go through the judicial system can be very long. And, and when we look at COVID now, how delayed many of these cases are, uh, I, I would think that the date of offense uh, would probably be uh, allowing more time. You could probably go through two, three years before a final uh, decision has been rendered by a court for various issues. Uh, so I am I'm, I'm with Bogan on that uh, as, as, as a starting point. Okay. Um, first, Mayor Geller, then Commissioner Ryan. Um, First, I agree with the intent of what Commissioner Bogan is doing. I disagree with one thing he said, that there's thousands of other professions, because during my tenure in Tallahassee, I saw every single year, and I'm sure Senator Rich and Commissioner Ryan will, will verify this, that every year people brought up to show that they were tough on crime something that would disqualify an additional profession. There are dozens, if not hundreds, of professions that former felons cannot serve in because of, of the legislature each year adding, uh, adding additional things. My concern here is that, A, when a prisoner gets out of prison, if we're not giving them any alternative on an honest job, then they have a problem because they will return to crime. Mm -hmm. Now, Commissioner Bogan, I agree with you, that, and this is why I don't support it from the date of offense. I think it should be from the date that they get out of prison, because if they get out of prison and then a number of years go by, whether it's 5, 10, 15, whatever that number of years is, and they can prove rehabilitation, I think that they have now should be able to get all kinds of jobs. Remember, I this will, is the only one where they have to keep your house. Commissioner Bowden, please. So, as I said, there are just too many uh, professions. So I think, and I don't know how we're going to vote on this because of the way it's drafted, where I, I think that you have to have both the number of years and the date of offense or date of conviction or date all terms. If it were up to me, I would say again, it should be date of all terms uh, that they've completed their sentence and have completed their probation and a number of years beyond that. But I do believe, and I have seen so many examples of children 
literally 14 years old. When I was in the Senate, we had a 14-year-old, uh, I can't recall his name offhand, child in Pembroke Park who killed uh, a young girl named Tiffany Eunuch mm -hmm. uh, while they were wrestling. And he was charged as an adult and convicted. I was the one that passed it's the law that said that youthful offenders could not be housed themselves with adults, which is what used to happen because we don't, you know, we don't accept child rape as a punishment, and that's what was happening in the jail system in the state of Florida. I apologize, prison system in the state of Florida. But I, I've seen so many examples of young boys, it's almost always boys, whose brains aren't fully developed. At 14, 15, they commit heinous crimes that are completely out of character. And, uh, you know, I think that 20 years later, they should have, when they get out of prison, they should have the, you know, after they have completed appropriate length of time after uh, they've completed their sentence, I think they should have a full range of options open to them. Commissioner Bogan, I would agree with you if this was the only uh, thing that people were kept out of, but it's not. I recognize what you're saying, that this is unique, but I still feel the way I feel. But, Mr. Myers, I just don't know how we're going to be able to take the vote on this. Alternatively, if it's the will of the board, what we can do is very quickly walk you through just the four alternatives that have been proposed. Uh, those include uh, this decision, because one of them is based upon the offense date, and the others are based upon completion of sentence and any probation, uh, and then those all include the number of years and uh, any uh, stale okay. period. So okay, well, Mr. Myers, at the appropriate time, I would move that, uh, you have to tell me how and when, to make it a certain number of years, and I'm open, whether it's 5, 10, or 15, from the date that they have completed their terms of condition. So tell me when to move that. Commissioner Ryan, you're recognized, sir. And then, uh, Drew, I'm going to get back to you for number four. Commissioner Ryan, you're recognized, sir. Hopefully my, um, my comments are germane to the amendment that we're taking up at this time. But um, on the issue of, uh, in the matrix, the subject is the ability to demonstrate rehabilitation after the disqualifying offense. And um, my uh, amendment is probably more towards uh, allowing that level of discretion on a disqualifying offense to show rehabilitation uh, is probably the most favorable to a applicant that in fact has rehabilitated herself or himself. I do think the Commissioner Holnick, as is stated in the uh, matrix, goes a little bit further uh, because he takes that discretion out of uh, whether it would be a, a hearing officer who would ever um, consider the, um, the rehabilitative efforts by the applicant. And But uh, my amendment says that if, in fact, there is a factual basis made on appeal to the um, uh, hearing officer that rehabilitation has occurred, uh, that that level of discretion would be with the hearing officer. And um, uh, Commissioner Holness, please correct me if I have it wrong, but I, I think under the matrix it says yes, but for um, 
for current locksmiths that were disqualified for a, for a disqualifying offense that occurred more than five years ago, that um, they are automatically um, allowed to have the license issued, um, you know, without discretion on the hearing officer. That's at the very end of uh, Exhibit Nine. Uh, Commissioner Ryan, uh, when you said at the five years from the date of what? From the date of five years prior to this ordinance date of enactment. You're talking about only existing locksmiths then? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Is and there so it, they're being grandfathered in if the offense was, was old. But, you know, again, it's just whether that level of discretion should be granted to a, a, a hearing officer or whether it should be uh, just a matter of course, as I believe uh, okay. Holness is. And I don't want to speak to, to his version of it, so I, I would ask, Mayor, if you would recognize Commissioner Holness. Before so I do, explain. I want to ask Commissioner Bogan if he's accepting that as a friendly amendment. Which one? The one that would say for existing locksmiths, either that uh, they're automatically, if, it, if the offense is more than five years old, that they're okay, or that a hearing officer can um, can reach a de factual determination if they've been rehabilitated. So if they, I want to make sure I got this right from the county attorney, so if they committed one of these crazy bad offenses that I'm opposed to, he's saying that it's okay after five years? Is that what it is? If you're existing. No. So for, for Commissioner Ryan's proposal, Commissioner Ryan's, as, as uh, he mentioned, does not declare anything to be stale, so everything for that is going to be at the discretion uh, of the department head. So his is the, the simplest, cleanest proposal in terms of, uh, in, in each instance when somebody applies, regardless of the type of offense. So if they committed they can, murder and they're in their but, 30s, you, you, but, that's but they can But they can try to demonstrate rehabilitation. It doesn't mean they're granted a license. It just means they can try to demonstrate it. Uh, Under, I, I cannot accept if somebody committed rape, murder, armed robbery, or use of a weapon as an adult. I, I can't uh, accept that amendment uh, to let them. Okay, consider. under all right. In that case, uh, Commissioner Holness, let the county let the county attorney finish. So and then I'll take. So. Yeah, and Mayor, this may be the best way to do it because it covers both uh, decisions three and four at one time. Uh, so, is Commissioner Ryan? Well, we've already presented what his proposal says uh, Commissioner Holness's proposal was drafted last. It was intended to be a, a compromise proposal. Uh, and uh, so we can lay out what the terms of that proposal. Can you lay out Commissioner Okay. Uh, yes. Any attorney. Okay. Do you want to uh, hand, handle it, Ms. Herod? Yeah. Um, I think yours is even more liberal than mine. So, 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 he has, he, he, so uh, only he, on this so, item. As you said, Commissioner Ryan, uh, Commissioner Holness's proposal has some stale crime, so uh, in some instances, there were, but go, go ahead. If, if I may, just on the, so let's say we have a person who's been a locksmith now. They're, they're doing this. They've been doing it for three, four, five years, okay? We're gonna go back and say, even though you've been doing this, you've had, you committed no crime in all this time, you've been a good upstanding citizen. We're gonna take away your profession from you because of something that happened four years, five years ago. But you still demonstrated that, hey, I'm rehabilitated. 
I'm doing what's right. I'm making a living for myself and my family. You're now going to say, forget that. Even though you've been practicing this. I see. So, so are, you, are, are you suggesting even a background check on a current locksmith? So, so, yeah, we do all of that. The, the situation is this, though. What I want us to look at is not taking away someone's livelihood away from them. For those who are not in, yes. But if you're in already, why take away your livelihood? Okay, so what do you suggest? That's what I'm, that's, that's, that's the, the oh, point. Drew, can you, oh, I'm sorry, Renee. Uh, uh, wait, Mark. Uh, Commissioner Bogan, yeah, Renee will Renee explain yeah. what it is. Can I just give you some tools, some no. common terminology okay. so you can all decide how you'd like it to happen? So number four on your uh, decision tree here tries to break it up into different categories and different types of offenses and different solutions. And I wanted to give you those terms. So new locksmith obviously is new, someone who's not currently working. Current locksmith, someone obviously is currently working. Special versus non-special offenses. That's what Commissioner Bogan was referring to. So a special offense is violence against the person, use of a deadly weapon, or a crime of moral turpitude. So we divide a special and non-special. And then we give you three solutions for each of the boxes, basically. First is stale, which Drew and I define to be that offense will not preclude you. It's not considered against you when you apply for a license. So that's stale. Factors. Is it, it's up to the discretion of the director of ECPD, and the factors that they consider are the level of the seriousness of the offense, the date of the offense, the age of the individual at the time of conviction, the circumstances, the nexus, the prison or jail or records, and any subsequent offense. So those are a series of factors. And then the last is disqualifying. If the offense is of such a type that you want it to preclude the person from being licensed or registered. So those are your three terms for each option, each box there, whether it's factors, stale, or disqualifying, if that makes sense. Mayor, the board, it seems to me, has two options. We can go through these eight boxes, and you can, which are a point four in the decision tree, and you can determine what rule would apply to each of those, right, of the three options stale or uh, Lenny's group applies the factors or it's disqualifying or you can look at the four proposals uh, that are on the matrix on the in the second row uh, and and you can adopt one of those or you can build off of one of those I'm not sure which will make this uh, move more quickly and we could walk through exhibit 10 and explain how the stale factors disqualifying works and you can see if that works for you I think it makes more sense because the box going through the eight and then you'd also have to factor in the number of years provides an infinite number of discussions so why don't we go through the matrix can I just the, suggest the, one thing Commissioner yeah. Bogan I, you're right I, I, I agree with Commissioner Holness that if someone's been in business he says if they've been doing, you know, been lawful abiding person, well, we don't know if that. So why don't we just take that whole category? If someone's been a current locksmith in business, that it'll be up to the art, uh, it'll be considered up to the director the to, to look at a background check, to do a background check. And if he, as long as like, if he did like while he's a locksmith, if he committed a crime or something, but otherwise, let's just make current locksmiths keep their job, keep their business, but they have to do a background check, and based on the background check, 
we start where there are Lenny or whomever will make determinations based on that to let them keep the license or not let them keep the license. Okay, I think I think that solves half of it, Drew. So it, it's a, it, that amended proposal. If you if you look at the first column uh, on on the matrix, which is Exhibit 11. So Commissioner Bogan, you say in your proposal that. Uh, anyone, new or, new or existing locksmiths, can show rehabilitation, which means taking their case to Lenny's shop, unless the offense is one of those special offenses, violence, uh, deadly weapon, or moral turpitude, uh, was committed within the past 15 years. You've now modified that to say that if you're an existing locksmith, you can seek rehabilitation or seek to demonstrate rehabilitation at any time. If you're a new locksmith and you committed one of these offenses within those 15 years, uh, then you're precluded uh, from becoming uh, a locksmith until the passage of those 15 years. Uh, but for all other offenses, these non-special or aggravated offenses, somebody can always try to show rehabilitation. Is that correct? I'm so confused. Uh, so, 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 so think, so, so let's separate out the, the heightened offenses, the uh, use of a deadly weapon, moral turpitude, et cetera, from those non-heightened offenses. In your proposal right now, you're allowing everybody to show rehabilitation uh, except for locksmiths existing or new who within the past 15 years have committed one of those heightened offenses. Correct. Everybody else, okay, now you've modified that to say well, that- I, I still have a problem if a locksmith, current locksmith committed murder, armed robbery, rape, any of those moral turpitude within the past, I don't know, five years or whatever, I don't want them doing a key to my house. I don't know if you want them doing a key to your house, but uh -huh. I don't want them licensed if they're current or new. Within if they've the, committed it within the last five years. Within a certain part of years. I, okay. I'm more conservative, say 15, but you want to bring no, it I'm down, okay. fine. Bring it yeah, down. Okay. It just, Make it 10. I don't care. 10 years. Fine. We'll meet in the middle. 10 years. I, I just, I, you got to decide whether you want to have a locksmith come to your house that had one of those crimes if you feel comfortable, because I wouldn't. Okay. Um, so let's just talk, Mark, let's get my understanding input. is, mo Commissioner Bogan, I apologize, Commissioner Bogan, my understanding is most of the, or all of us, have the disqualifying event at 15 years. Is that correct, Drew? Uh, no, I think it's, I, I think it's different and that there is a different stale date. Uh, for different yeah. offenses. Just yeah. two commissioners have it at 15 years. It might be easiest to start with some of the ones that are in common, where okay. if you look at, for example, a non-special offense that was committed more than five years ago, <coughs> is that something that everyone would agree would be stale and not held against the applicant or the existing locksmith? Five years for non-special. Non-special, yes. more than five. Yes. I think that there's a proposed compromise at for the non-special, it's 10 years. No, uh, that's for the less serious, is that correct? No, I thought I heard no, you just no, say, no, no. Commissioner Holness, that you would go from five to 10. No, for the non-special, we're at five. For for the special, I thought it was at 10 you, you, you go into, but. Look, right now, anything is better than, we have nothing right now, we have zero. So I'll, you know, maybe we start with something and we can come back and amend it later or otherwise sit here and uh, spend hours talking okay. about five, 10, 15. Wait, Commissioner Honus, I'm looking at the chart and you, yours says 15 years for special. Right. And five years for non-special, non which I'm okay with. Yeah, I'm, okay with, okay, I'm okay, okay with that, I'm okay with that. Yes. 
Yes, sir. Okay, um, Drew, you've heard, I think there's conceptual agreement with everybody. Uh, can you verify that? And if so, I suspect that in order to draft this, you may, we may need to come back at another meeting. At the uh, next I, meeting, unless may, you can draft it. Mayor, I don't think there's conceptual agreement because okay. I think that Commissioner Holness's proposal uh, treats differently existing uh, applications. So even for the ones with these special offenses, they could try to show rehabilitation. But I thought I heard the makings of a compromise just a few minutes ago if it, with a slight tweak to Commissioner Bogan's proposal and then some of the discussion that occurred. So Commissioner Bogan's proposal is for all non-special offenses, everything except for these aggravated offenses, whether you're a new locksmith or you're an existing locksmith, you can try to prove rehabilitation. So the only distinction is for these aggravated or special offenses. Well, let's ask, does everybody agree with that? For the non, the yeah. non-special, we all right. agree that you can prove sure. rehabilitation. Yeah. Okay. Right. Done. Okay. okay. And, we got okay. that. Okay. So, and, and then for the special offenses, your proposal is that if they're a new locksmith, so they're not current, they have to wait 15 years uh, in order to demonstrate rehabilitation. I thought there was consensus on that. Yeah. And now all we're dealing with is for uh, existing locksmiths, yeah. current locksmiths, how long do they need to wait if, they're, if it's a special offense? And the question is, is it five years or 10 years? Those are the two that I heard bandied but, but, about. Uh, Commissioner Holness has it is at zero years, right. but seems willing to compromise. That that's what, wait, wait, I thought that I heard Commissioner Bogan say that if they were an existing locksmith, that uh, they we would leave it up to... No, not for special offenses. Okay, I'm sorry. Spe these are murder, armed robbery stuff. If they did it within, it's just a number of years. What, so so, so my, my, I would say you can rehabilitate, but five years if you're existing, because again, I hate to take someone's livelihood away from them if they have not done anything wrong within that period of time and they've been upstanding citizen. Uh, they got to take care of the family and themselves. Okay, hold on, wait, Commissioner Bogan. Five you is agree? fine. I'm, five is fine. I think I heard an agreement, uh, Mr. Myers. I'm fine with five. Yeah. Okay. Commissioner Ryan's. I was just going to state it whenever you're ready. For I me think to there's an agreement. Here. Yeah. What we have is um, a, a bit of a distinction between myself and Commissioner Holness on the special offenses. These are the you know, the worst offenses. I believe Commissioner Holness's position is if somebody has been a locksmith for five years and and the uh, offense, the special offense is more than five years ago, that that existing locksmith automatically keeps their, their license, that they, do, they are not subject to review by Lenny's office on whether or not they have rehabilitated. It's simply the five years have passed, you're an existing locksmith. And I believe my amendment was that um, if you're an existing locksmith and the five years have passed, then you have the ability to demonstrate that you have rehabilitated yourself and that you can, you can keep your license. Because as you say, we have no rules now, it's the wild, wild west. And so as we bring the rules in, even those who are, you know, show, have shown good conduct you know, while they were a locksmith, but you got this thing in the past and it's a really ugly incident that it would be subject to... I think, uh, I think we have agreement on this right here next door, right here, this guy. County attorney, go ahead. <laughs> Mayor? 
Mayor, you recognize her. So I, I, I think. I, I, I'm sorry. I think uh, by looking at nods ahead, uh, yeah. Commissioner Ryan's uh, amendment is that good? After five years, special offenses, current locksmiths, they come back, make sure they're rehabilitated. Lenny or whomever is there decides we could be done with this thing. Is everybody okay with that? Everybody awake down there? Okay, <laughs> Mr. Myers, will you please explain what the conceptual yeah. amendment is? Yes, sir. I'm just going to state it. So if we state this it with adequate... This is the overall yes, bill sir. now. If we state it with adequate Ordinate. specificity, then we right. can pass it today okay. because we have the actual language that we can take from the amendment. Okay, you're recognized. Okay, thank you, sir. So uh, in, in terms of rehabilitation, for and everything is going to be based upon completion of the of the sentence and any probation. That's the starting point that I think has been determined. Uh, for non-special offenses, as they've been defined, everybody can show rehabilitation at any time. They can go before the department to try to prove rehabilitation. Okay, for special offenses, these aggravated offenses, uh, for non-current locksmiths, so for new applicants, 15 years has to pass for them to try to uh, prove rehabilitation. And for current locksmiths, five years has to pass for them to go before the department to try to show rehabilitation. That, to me, seems to be the compromise that uh, the consensus. Yes. Yeah. All right. Done. Okay. Uh, moved by Commissioner Bogan. Second. Seconded by Commissioner Honus. All those in favor of item number 32. 30. Two, yeah, as amended, as amended by everything as, there. as described by the county attorney, mm -hmm. and, and the prior two amendments, and, including all prior amendments. Please signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed. Show that adopted unanimously by a vote nine zero. Commissioner Bogan, item thirty three. Thank you. I, item that's the fees. I'm sorry. Oh, um, you want me just to move it? Okay, moved by Commissioner Boken. Mayor. Second. Second, second by Commissioner Uni. Yes, Commissioner Uni. Just making. A few words. Okay. Yes. Sorry, just making sure that it's moved as amended by Exhibit 3, which is the staff. Of uh, course, that's what I meant. Uh, all those in favor, please signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Show that adopted unanimously by a vote of 9 0. We have now completed. Public hearing. We are now on to agenda item number 34, parking garage. If you skip it, we can probably be out uh, before lunch. I think you got, I think you got, uh, 34. Um, 34. She no. But she wasn't signed up. No. no. She's not signed uh, up. I'm skipping 34. Okay. No. No. I'm sorry? Yes. Real quick. Just want to add two things to it, actually. Yes. Um, the, uh, hold on one second. The, um, we're Army to get Corps out. of Engineers study right. that needs to be done, that we that we need to be trying to get that done. Uh, put Let's put that on there so we can kind of track it. You know okay. what I'm talking about? I'm not, I don't know the official You're talking name. about the restudy? Which one are you talking about? Are you talking about the Everglades restudy? Yes. Okay. Yes. Which yes. study, Steve? Well, this is, it's this the Everglades study. restudy. It's the uh, something, well, Central and South Florida. It's the CNS, it's C and SF restudy. I got it. I got it. Right. I got it. Okay. Thanks. Second one. Um, last week I talked about a real estate evaluation okay. for try to figure out okay. the right line, but adding to that station identification of, of which stations 
we're going to be putting Right, on that's the commercial station identification. Okay. Miss exactly. um, Hadley. We're trying to race so through. I so yeah. I think there's a possible, um, and I want to talk with you more about that, but okay. the, the PDE study that is being done by um, FDOT is going right. to look at spacing and so forth. So right. it's a little, it may be a premature to try to address specifically where they're going to go because they believe that there's a certain amount of spacing that would need to take place and it's a study mm -hmm. piece. Okay. And then they will circle back to talk about yeah. what that looks like and then that would make more sense to try to determine where they where they go. Because I suspect they're not going to agree. All right, not, the two they of don't you can talk about it. We'll talk. All right. uh, moved and, uh, all right, we are past item 30. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Rita, we have one speaker on this, Rita Lipoff. Um, Rita Lipoff, are you on the line? Rita Lipoff, yes. operator, is Ms. Lipoff on the line? Yes, she's on the line. I'm on the line Okay, now. you're speaking I'm on the, on the parking now. garage, Ms. Lipoff. What item? Yes, as you're not speaking about anything of which I want to comment, and I do try to respect the rules, have a great day. Thank you. Bye. Bye. All right. Um, we are now on, let's see, items 35, 38, 39, 40 have all been moved to consent. We are on our last item of the day, item 41. Dr. Sharif. Yay, saving the best for last. Yes, ma'am. Okay. So um, this item I put on as a discussion for uh, support for a project-based voucher program administered by the Broward County Housing Authority to provide project-specific funding to rehabilitate or construct affordable housing in Broward. Um, particularly, I wanted us to um, just uh, consent or give an opinion on, and I know we can't vote because this is a Broward County Housing Authority, but our opinion about um, the Broward County Housing Authority uh, providing a voucher system um, for affordable housing um, uh, similar to one that's administered in Dade County for Section 8 to help with housing at um, places like the Pride Center at Equality Park. Um, recently, they had a program that was awarded in 2016 and they built 48 affordable housing units and they are having some difficulty filling uh, about six of those units because of the um, there is a shortfall with the program that they currently have. And um, they don't have the opportunity to have Section 8 vouchers um, to supplement and fill the gap to assist the, the, them to bring the rent up to market value to fill those six units. And um, I recognize that by going to this particular um, uh, affordable housing complex that there may be others within the community that are not able to um, access these vouchers and I was hoping that we could collectively as a body just um, make a suggestion or ask that the Broward County Housing um, Authority considers adding this as one of the tools in their tool belt to help with affordable housing in Broward okay. County. Dr. Sharif, yes, would sir. you can, is this time sensitive? And if not, I would ask if you would consider postponing this to the next meeting. And the reason I would suggest that is I've been briefed on this sort of kind of by county attorney. This is a, in addition to the fact, you know, that we're just asking another governmental 
body what to do, but I honestly don't know if, the, if what you're suggesting is the best policy. It may be. The issue is right now it's limited to uh, all, that the voucher travels with the person. It does. As a, this one, it would be off asking another governmental agency that we don't control to consider an alternative to that for, as you said, 20%. It might be a good idea. It might not be a good idea. I, I don't think, I know that the commissioners have not been briefed on this because it came up after the briefings were completed. It's a complicated issue. So I'm just asking if it's okay with you, would you be willing to consider postponing this to the next meeting so we can be briefed on this complicated issue? Well, if not, you know. No, no problem. Okay. I, what I was trying to do, I, I, I was aware, I thought that you all have been briefed on what I put forward. Um, I did put it in as a supplemental. It's been on for uh, over a week. So I, I don't understand. This is not anything complicated. This is about us looking at an issue and, and saying, you know, yes or no, we would agree that this is a good idea. Um, the Broward County Housing Authority ultimately has the decision to make as to whether or not this goes forward. I'm just trying to be a little bit more creative in terms of giving us the opportunity to have more flexibility for our renters and for the affordable housing program. And so, um, I, I didn't think it was anything very complicated about it, so I, I would like to hear the opinions of my colleagues today. Commissioner Ryan, you're recognized, sir. Thank you, Commissioner Honus. Uh, to the county administrator and, and through the county administrator, um, this is an issue that I, I think kind of on the periphery, I've discussed this with Ralph Stone. Is he available to speak on this issue at this time? He's on the line. All right, operator, is Ralph Stone on the line? And if so, can you unmute him? Yes. Yes, yes sir, line. I'm here. Mr. Stone, you recognize, sir, Commissioner Ryan has some questions for you. Uh, okay. Hi, Ralph. I, I know you're familiar with this issue. I was kind of uh, just wanted you to kind of walk us through, like, uh, procedurally, how would this be enacted and, you know, how would it be uh, um, implemented, you know, under... Um, under your understanding of, uh, you know, how this, how the process currently works? Sure. Well, the, the first thing to understand is that, and it's my understanding that the, the housing authority uh, has the sole discretion in regard to how they handle their vouchers. And I have talked briefly to Ann Divert, and I think the, the appropriate course of action really is, is to have a conversation with and, and, and through Ann. Uh, you know, the, the project-based vouchers are different from what we kind of normally characterize as Section 8 vouchers, which are more portable. But uh, we literally, uh, in our operation here, have little to no uh, discussions or interactions with, with the Housing Authority in regard to their operating uh, programs. The, the only thing we have done with the Housing Authority and, and continue to do is financing uh, projects using uh, HFA bonds or in conjunction with the tax credit program. So uh, my strong recommendation is that, uh, that the board would want to connect with Ann Dibert to, to pursue the, 
uh, the discussion. All right, so uh, to the sponsor of the motion, uh, recognizing that we would be, I think, uh, uh, you know, imposing our will on these local housing authorities. Uh, are you amenable that we would have that discussion? So I don't want to impose anything on them. What I wanted to do was get a suggestion from this board that this was a good idea to supplement and so that they would know that this is something that we would be supportive of them taking action on. I'm not trying to push anybody to do anything just to open up the opportunity as they have in Dade County open it up in Broward. We keep talking about affordable housing. I just figured this was just another way to say, hey, we're flexible here. So I, I, I'm, I'm not opposed to that. I know we were gonna have to have that conversation anyway, but I brought it forth because I think that we should be aware that there's another opportunity out there to help our residents. And um, maybe by us saying we would agree with their decision to accept that, that may help them in making that decision. Well, well, recognizing, I mean, how large this housing, affordable housing issue looms in, the, in Broward County is it's a, it's a very important issue for discussion. I uh, tend to agree that it, it doesn't have that level of urgency that we would do more than just introduce it now and that uh, uh, we have uh, a representative from the housing authority and, and Ralph Stone has the contact person to come in and present and give us all an overview. Part of what my concern is, is I know, you know it's not gonna be a mandate, but um, the local housing authorities, I mean, I feel like they've got really the pulse on what's happening in their community. And uh, I wanna work collaboratively with them and I think that's your intention. So, you know, a discussion along those lines, I think is gonna be uh, beneficial for all. Commissioner Honus, you recognize, sir. Yes. Is there anyone else? So. The, the, the project-based uh, vouchers are usually targeted to building buildings, uh, and those usually get allocated more direct from the federal government than is handled through the uh, housing uh, authorities. We, we actually, in, in my district in, in uh, Lauderhill, there's actually a project now that I've had some discussions uh, with the, the city and some other folks about rehabilitating that project and it would have to be done in phase so that they don't lose the vouchers. So those, those, those vouchers are attached to that specific project. And this project was built back in the 1970s. It needs to be, it was poorly constructed to begin with. It needs uh, to be uh, updated. So I understand what uh, Dr. Sharif is asking for, is for us to give consensus that here's an idea that can work. I'll also tell you that I've been in conversation with our human services department that deal with our homeless issue. And one of the things that they're working on now that you can probably help us with in your district is to get the cities to allocate a certain number of vouchers for us to deal with the homeless issue within uh, their locale. So that when we have folks who are homeless, uh, we know readily that there's a vouchers available. Some of them have been working with the city. I know Dana, Dana has committed some, I think, uh, Deerfield Beach has, and a couple of other cities. So there's some conversation in dealing with the homeless issue to address it with utilizing some of these vouchers, specifically targeting that community. It, is, it makes sense for us to hear say that it's an idea that we ought to be looking at, because what that would do is put additional units in place if these uh, housing uh, authority 
would allow for some of their vouchers to be targeted to a project to get it constructed or to get a project rehabilitated and have it as a, uh, a place where these Section 8 vouchers can be utilized. But it certainly is the discretion of each uh, section, uh, each housing authority to determine that. And, and here's another issue that I've been facing since I was in Lord Hill, 2004. Uh, Lord Hill has probably the second largest number of people living in that city with Section 8 vouchers, second only to the city of Fort Lauderdale. They've set up a housing finance, uh, a housing authority, but they can't get vouchers because none of the other cities will allow them to get one so that they can do more. So it is, it is, it is really uh, definitely somewhat complicated, but if the consensus, what I'm hearing from Dr. Sharif is that we support the issue of allowing Axkin, uh, because again, it's in, in their discretion, sole discretion, that they look to utilize some of these section vouchers, section eight vouchers that they have discretion on where they put them, uh, being uh, flowing with the individuals to go to rehabbing projects and and also to put new units. And I think it makes sense. Okay, Senator Rich. Yeah, thank you, Mr. Mayor. Um, I I would like to see us have a broader a, a broad based discussion on this. I don't oppose this, but I really believe that we need to get Ann Dibert here and we need to look at this kind of in the totality of a lot of things that we're doing. Oddly, I, I don't know if Ralph is still on, but I was at the drawing. Of oh, the one second, Senator Rich. Mr. Stone, are you still on? Yes, sir. Okay, so um, Ralph, I think you might remember, I, they're at the drawing uh, at, the, um, at the Pride Center for those slots for the 48 units for uh, elderly seniors. There was a huge waiting list and people were clamoring still. to get in. So I'm just curious. I mean, I just think there are a lot of things going on, and we need to kind of pull them all together, and then you know we would have a better sense of what the direction we should be going. But I certainly support, you know, discussing it and moving it forward. Right. With so more information. They they did fill 42 out of the 48. There are six units that they cannot fill with that particular um, voucher program because they do, they they don't have enough. Um, money under that program to make those properties, those those units, those six units, um, um, raise them up to market value. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, those units are vacant. And what I'm suggesting is rather than us have six units of affordable housing vacant, let's get more flexible in our program and allow PVVs. And so that's all I'm, I'm asking for today is um, just a suggestion, not a mandate, but just we, the county commission is flexible on that. Um, I just, I hate to see, we've put all this effort into affordable housing and to see units vacant in Broward. I would enjoy having a broader discussion and also involving um, our housing authority in it. I just wanted to bring this forward today to, let, to make you aware, maybe you should look into your districts also and see if maybe there's more programs where this could be utilized and more um, affordable housing projects where this could be utilized. Thank just, you, Mayor, uh, and with that, yeah. I'll conclude the discussion. Okay, Commissioner Sharif, I don't know if this is a great idea, but if you know, one way or the other, you, you're pushing it today, I'll vote for just, it, is there? 
Any additional guests? Mr. Mayor. Oh, okay. I thought there was a vote. Excuse me. I'd just like to ask if Ralph. Senator Rich. I'm just wondering if, Ralph, you were aware that they weren't able to eventually fill all those slots. No, ma'am. It's the first we've heard of it. Okay. Thank you. All right. That completes the agenda. We are, let me look for a minute. My script. Right, okay. The um, we will now take up commissioners' um, reports and let's start to our right with Senator Rich. Okay, thank you. Um, I just uh, have um, uh, Senator Rich, you have to speak up. Sorry, can you hear? Yeah, it's okay. So, um, I just wanted uh, to um, make mention of the fact, and I, uh, you can uh, maybe comment on this, uh, uh, county administrator. Um, I, uh, there, there's uh, some issues coming up in the legislature with regard to um, funding, because everything is going back now to be reassessed, almost like, you know, uh, uh, you know, starting from scratch and making sure that everything is having the outcomes and so forth. So I wanted to make sure that we were, um, we had the ability for our lobbying, for our lobbying team to work with uh, the ADRC, uh, BBHC, and Urban League happen to be three of the big ones that have large amounts of money that will be at risk here. So I would like to give, you know, make sure that uh, Marty Cassini and his folks have the ability to use our resources to help and make sure that we are working on getting that money back here in Broward County because it would be devastating if we lost a lot of the money that we have in those three uh, providers, our managing entity for, for mental health and substance abuse and uh, uh, for seniors, and then of course, uh, Urban League's projects. So I just would like to make sure that we are able to do that. Of course. Okay, good, I just wanna go on record with it. And then the other thing was, I spoke to the, the county administrator about this, and I wanna just say to everybody, I believe that we need to do an aggressive education campaign regarding vaccinations. Over and over, I'm, I'm uh, talking to people, working with people, and seeing how many are not taking the vaccines, whether it's staff in ALFs and, or nursing homes, whether it's agricultural workers, whether it's you know people from, people actually administering shots in hospitals, vaccines in hospitals, not taking it, nurses. Uh, I really believe that we, the federal government should have done it, the state should have done it, and now I think we need to do an aggressive campaign to make sure that we get as many people vaccinated. And I know the argument was that we don't have the supply. I understand that, but we're gonna have the supply, and by the time we get a campaign started, you know, we'll have our vaccines here. And it's better for people to be looking for them and wanting to get a vaccination than not. And transmitting that to people and saying, I'm not taking it, I don't believe in it, or whatever it is. We need to have a strong education campaign and awareness. Thank you, Senator Rich. Commissioner Bogan, you're recognized, sir. I'm Commissioner Furr. <laughs> Bogan Furr, sorry. Thank you. Wait, he's an old guy. You're gonna call me, he's young, older than me. You confuse us. Please. Well, it's just with your weight loss, you, you are looking more and more alike. I look almost exactly alike. Um, uh, first, uh, as I mentioned earlier about the unit, uh, the Army Corps of Engineers, for those who don't know, it was, we were denied the funding. Um, when did that happen? 
just just recently. Okay. And this is one of those ones that seemed like a slam dunk. And should be. When you look at the other ones that got passed, none of them have anywhere near the urgency that we have. And for those who don't know, we have like a 10-year window here before we get flooded out. Mm -hmm. And this is, we're on a gravity-fed system, and we got we have to get to a, a pump okay. station. Commissioner for Motion so, to extend the meeting through the end of this item. What's that? Okay. Motion um, to extend the meeting. motion to extend through the completion of oh. the agenda. Uh, Second, all those favor, please say by saying aye. Uh, aye. Like Commissioner Fur, you and I know what the yeah. CNSF restudy is, but I'm not sure, and Commissioner Ryan probably does. I'm not sure other people do. You might want to explain a little bit more what it is. Just real quick, it, it is a study that was done in 1948. Has not, hasn't been redone. This was a time where didn't even know about sea level rise, all those kind of things. Uh, that, that would essentially be a study to let us know how to handle sea level rise, how to handle the entire water management um, It's the drainage. System, the entire drainage right. system for all of South Florida. We have literally this much leeway right now. Before, we... You, it High tide, up. we have... Yeah, six inches. Under, That's all we right. have. Yeah. And a, a, big, a big rainstorm, those kind of things. Suddenly, we are not able to drain the entire, the entire region. Um, as by not, by 2030, we're out of luck. So that's why that's why we've been pressing so hard to get this done. How they denied funding to us is kind of beyond me, especially when you look at the ones that got funded. So what we what we really need to do is put a full court press on here with all elected officials, um, private enterprise, everybody. This has to be. There, there really isn't much of a higher priority. Otherwise, we don't have a place to live. So this has to, you know, for whatever we can do, um, much like I think what we did with the, you know, when we were trying to get the dredging and all the stuff with the port, we kind of put a full port court press on that. We're going to need to do the same thing here. And I think you're seeing um, both the, the business community understand it, the environmental community understand it. So this, is, this, this has to rise to the highest level as, as quick as we can. And that is congressional. Yeah. Uh, second, the uh, Solid Waste Working Group will be meeting on the 19th. I am hoping they will be able to vote on a governance structure. I want to thank the county administrator for coming up with all the background of, and the, and the uh, numbers needed to kind of be able to explain what the kind of cost would that, that would be per, per, uh, per resident. And then finally, the, uh, it does look like we finally got the Second Amendment on the surtax passed. Um, there, the, not every city has done it, but there was a threshold. We made uh, the threshold. We made the threshold, and that means that hopefully once the, it's all passed, that money will finally get released to the cities. What I would like to ask is, as soon as that um, is, a, as soon as we're able to do that, as soon as it goes through the oversight committee, that all of us know, you know, district-wise, city-wise, who's getting the money, how much, and when. Um, so that we're all able to know what know what projects are and disseminate that information amongst the people that, that we represent. Okay, thank you. That's all. Thank you, Dr. Sharif. You're recognized, ma'am. Thank you, Mayor. Um, I just wanted to uh, announce that we have been um, seeking um, any religious institutions that are willing to be vaccination sites. 
um, to distribute the vaccinations to the governor's office. Um, I was asked to gather some sites, and I did, and I'm just um, wanting everybody out there, if you have a, a church, a synagogue, any temple um, where you think it's a good site, please um, submit them to bsharif at broward.org, and hopefully we can um, increase our vaccination distribution sites. That's bsharif at broward.org. The other thing that I wanted to bring up is um, I've been receiving quite a few emails from my district regarding seniors who are still having some difficulty accessing vaccines. And so I'm trying to, um, I, I don't know whether or not you guys are experiencing the same thing, but I've been um, constantly having to try to help them work. and make calls to get them appointments in our district office. And so um, I think Bertha, sent a um, county administrator Bertha Henry sent in a a memo in regards to the Broward County vaccination program and I know you sent that on February the 1st but um, maybe on your next um, legislative call um, if you could please bring up that we're still having that issue I mean they open up the sites and as soon as they open them up they're full and I think um, some of the people that had called us we were able to get them into the Antioch Church site and also into the Christway Baptist Church site that um, we were given, but those were only 2,000 vaccines. And so I know that there's a lot more needed. I know that there's an urgency in our senior community. So I just wanted to put that on your radar and ask if you could please bring that up during your discussion with the governor's office again. I've also emailed as well myself. Uh, and then the last thing that I wanted to bring up was we had the Greater Fort Lauderdale Alliance Leadership Speaker Series and um, AutoNation CEO Mike Jackson was the uh, headliner for that and Rita Case did the moderating. I gotta tell you Rita Case should have her own talk show <laughs> and um, Mike Jackson should have a documentary series on his life. That was probably one of the most amazing um, luncheons uh, that I've participated in through the Alliance and I was hoping that you guys could go back and maybe rewatch that. I thought it was really interesting. And then um, the last thing is that um, I attended the Ahmadiyya Muslim Community webinar in regards to um, issues of uh, racial persecution, inequality, social disparities and disenfranchisement and indifferences. And uh, I thought that was probably one of the most powerful uh, series that we've had recently talking about social injustices and the difference in our black and brown community where um, arrest and um, use of force and uh, discrimination has been um, painfully apparent. Um, and it was interesting to see the statistics this past year that black people are three times more likely to be killed by police than whites, um, and 20% more likely to be pulled over. So um, that was um, very eye-opening. And then um, I just wanted to make sure that uh, we recognize that one of the other statistics that was brought up on that um, community webinar was that children right now during the COVID-19 pandemic are experiencing some of severe depression and due to the social isolation. And so um, it's, it's incumbent upon us to really do our very best to get them back in school as quickly as possible. And um, 
I know there has been some uh, disagreement in terms of what's the best way to do that, but whatever way we can do that, I think we need to advocate for that. So that concludes my remarks, Mayor. Thank you, ma'am. Vice Mayor Udine, you're recognized, sir. Thank you, Mayor. Um, I just wanted to mention that the South Florida Innovation Academy at NSU, they're continuing with their weekly programs. They have one tomorrow morning um, where you can log on virtually and you can learn about what they're doing as they build up towards opening up the Joint Center with Broward County. I had the privilege of appearing on last Wednesdays with, uh, and Commissioner Ryan kind of brought this up and I agree with what he says. They keep talking about Miami but it's really the region. And as, as much as we want to try and take it out of that, the national media and the press are going to keep referring to us as the Miami region. I think that a lot of the people are just kind of resigning themselves to that fact that it's a region from, I guess, Pompano all the way down to Miami or, or even, into West Palm Be even into West Palm Beach. But the people that were on that panel last week was Zendu, who won the Miami Emerge competition, which is one of the premier competitions. They're from Broward. They won the Rise of the Rest competition. Ultimate Kronos, which is one of the biggest scale-ups and scale-outs out of uh, South Florida. Obviously, they're still headquartered in Weston. Um, and Syndex, which is also Broward-based. So I think that the, um, the gist of it from what people are seeing and what we're hearing, the same things that we struggle with and talk about up here are the things that these startups and relocating companies are looking for better transportation, better, better affordable housing for their people that are coming down, and more talent. So this, the things that we talk about here are the same things that, that they are talking about to make sure that when we do bring these businesses down, it's inclusive for everybody of any race, any, any person, any station in life should be participating in what's going to be a big economic boom in South Florida. Um, the second thing is, um, I just want to uh, compliment Commissioner Bogan. I was Sunday at Home Depot. He was in a suit and tie on a Sunday. My wife and I bumped into him and his wife, and he had just come from a vaccination pod. And just for the amount of time that he's spending in, in, in the north part of the county getting people in and out of this, uh, these different systems, we did it in our uh, district in Kings Point, and I know he's got you know some of the senior communities, but... Uh, he was all dressed up on a Sunday, even in Home Depot while he was all dressed up yeah. and no place to go. Um, yeah. Um, uh, obviously, this Sunday is the anniversary, a solemn anniversary of the events of February 14th a, a few years ago. Uh, there'll be some different community commemorations. And, uh, you know, I again extend my condolences to everybody that was involved with this. I'm just going to close by, you know, asking the county attorney at some point to get back with us. I keep getting calls from people, and I'm sure everyone else is getting the same ones, about when we're going to open our meetings up in here. I, I'm not advocating for a specific date, but at some point, I think we need to make sure that we're traveling on correct legal ground based on the different things, because I think there's a lot of misinformation out there of what people think. I don't know if it goes into the other conference room and then they funnel... We need to social distance, but we need to also make sure that the public is being included on in these meetings. So I don't, you don't have to get back to me today, but it could be in writing or whatever it is so that we start having that conversation at some point. And those are my comments. 
Thank you, Vice Mayor. Commissioner Honus. Thank you. Certainly, vaccination is very important. Uh, we were able to help with coordinating a couple of this past week uh, at uh, Ambassador Seven-Day Adventist Church. We continued at Mount Hermon AME, quite successful, but we know that these pods are not sustained over a long period of time. We ought to look to see how we can ensure that they can uh, continue earlier there. And, and we know the issue with getting registered. Uh, so many people have uh, tried and not been successful. I want to go ahead and give out today the now iteration of uh, how to sign up. And there's a new site, myvaccine.fl.gov, myvaccine.fl.gov. And for those who uh, need to use the phone uh, in Broward County, you can schedule at 866-201-6313, Our Office of Small Business and Economic Development Department has been steadily at work trying to help our business get back on track. Uh, but before I go to that one, let me deal with this other. There is an effort by the Medical Reserve Corps in recruiting volunteers to help the Florida Department of Health in Broad to distribute COVID-19 vaccine. Medical training is useful, but is not required. And to vo volunteer, someone may go to BroadMRU.com, BroadMRU.com to volunteer to help with this. Now, Office of Small Business uh, is doing a great job uh, in, in helping people get information. And they have several pro programs uh, that they'll be undertaking in the next uh, week, couple of weeks, to get more information on uh, the three types of small business loans for nonprofit, for for-profit business currently located uh, in or BMSD. There's some funding that was allocated for that, half a million dollars. Micro loans to small business established for six months or more. Startup loans to small businesses. Capital access uh, loans. They may called, call or number at 954-357-6400. 954-357-6400. Or go to brow.org slash econ DEV. Uh, they also have Sirtax uh, spot, uh, Spotlight. Uh, a virtual event that will tell you about the opportunities that exist for businesses to participate in that program. Uh, there will be speakers from the City of Coconut Creek, City of Fort Lauderdale, City of Plantation, City of Pompano Beach. Uh, registration uh, can be accessed at B-C-O-E-S-B-D dot eventbrite.com, bcoesbd.eventbrite.com for that project. This is Black History Month, of course, and as we continue the celebration, uh, the 17th Judicial Circuit and Broward County Bar Association uh, and the TJRA Bar Association has 
an event they're presenting Black History Month, a salute to frontline medical prof professionals and they're honoring Pioneer uh, in our community who led the effort within the black community to ensure that we have medical care for everyone. Dr. J.L. Bass, Dr. William Alexander Morris, Dr. Von D. Meisel, Dr. Calvin H. Shirley, and Dr. James Franklin Sistrom. The broad black elected official is hosting or Black History Celebration uh, on the 27th at from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. The theme is From Africa to the Americas, Trials, Tribulations, Triumphs, and a Bright Future. United Negro College Fund. I will chair this, uh, I'll co-chair the fundraising event for United Negro College Fund again this year. Uh, it's Friday, March 12th. It will be a virtual affair from 12 to 1 p.m. If you would like to help some needy students, worthy students, uh, you can register for that at uncf.org, uncf.org slash Fort Lauderdale. We continue to celebrate Black History Month for the rest of this month. Thanks uh, for putting that display up down in our uh, downstairs, uh, county administrator, and at our library, Af African American Research Library. We have an event there. Uh, it's a uh, beautiful event, uh, a display of cultural origins from within the Cistrunk area. Uh, the theme of this display is the porch is the tree is the watering hole. And that's at the African-American Library on Sistrunk Boulevard. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Holness. Commissioner Ryan. Two items I wanted to mention this afternoon. Uh, since it's past 1230, my remarks will be brief. We've already spent 27 minutes on on agenda. Uh, we um, we receive a lot of calls in, in my office, and I'm sure all of my colleagues the same, uh, about uh, what's the best way to uh, to get a vaccine, and you know how persistent, how clever do I need to be, uh, how fortunate do I have to be in order to uh, to get this vaccine, and um, you know there's a real there's a great deal of, of frustration and anxiety out there, which everybody is quite familiar with. Uh, and so I, I know that our county administrator has been really working assiduously to to uh, increase the the number of, of persons, the capacity for us to vaccinate more persons in Broward County, and uh, we we're going to pick it up. And uh, I know that there are still some discussions that may bear fruit by the next meeting. So, to the county administrator, if you could make just some very brief comments on on. Um, what the future holds for us in our ability to uh, significantly increase the number of daily vaccinations here in Broward. Uh, thank you. So we have, uh, we, we gave ourselves a challenge and, and this is something the mayor and I go back and forth on, but basically we believe we can vaccinate. We have the capacity, the logistics to be able to vaccinate 
80% of Broward County's population over 16 by the end of June. And the reason we picked that date is that we didn't want to be well into to hurricane season trying to get people um, into shelters and things like that with COVID still um, 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 in full display. So we know that, that that has a significant price tag, but it also has um, a requirement that the vaccines are uh, flowing to meet our capacity. And um, uh, we've worked out something that we are hoping to share with, and we'll have on our agenda in the coming, um, at our next meeting. Um, if I can get it um, approved before the next meeting and have it as a ratification, I'll have that in front of you. But basically what it does is, is put it in place so that we can have not only routine places where people can go, but also pop-ups that we can move around the county that's under the auspices of the county slash the um, health department. What's happening, many of you have talked about um, some faith-based programs and some other programs where the state um, still has a presence here and they are uh, attempting to um, reach certain segments of the, of the population and, and fortunately um, uh, you've been able to, to tap, in, uh, tap into that. We hope we can continue to do that. We'll keep trying to push that as well. But what our goal is to be able to say to the community um, that we have a routine, you, you, they exist when the, when the uh, reservation system is open and we're hoping that other counties get up to speed so that we're really just servicing our residents as much as we can. And our goal is to keep um, pushing wherever we can to try to meet that goal. So I'm hopeful um, and, and we're also really pushing whether it's the state and or the Biden administration who appears to want to provide resources to local governments to get that done. So we may be borrowing Peter to pay Paul for a minute until that happens, but we're hopeful and we think we'll have something in front of you here Commissioner, shortly. Commissioner Ryan, we are limited only by the amount of vaccine we're getting. Right, and, and I know that um, the Biden administration has been reaching out to the states and, and offering not just to uh, accelerate the, the number of doses that can be distributed to the states, but also actually assisting in setting up sites for, uh, for greater uh, daily distribution. Uh, thank you for that update. We look forward to some, some good news at the next meeting. And uh, with that, you know, uh, Sunday is Valentine's Day. It's a, it's a sad day for a lot of persons with the, uh, the terrible events that occurred three years ago. Uh, you know, but with social distancing and what has occurred over the last year, uh, you know, just remember to hug your sweetheart and uh, to make that day as special as you can. Thank you, Commissioner. Commissioner Bogan, again, great job you're doing up there you. and you're recognized there. Commissioner Holness, thank you for your amendments on that. Uh, locksmith, appreciate that, that very much. Um, I wanted to also, uh, just to let everybody know, um, we, we set up a pot, at, at, um, pot of vaccines at Palmair, 3,700 appointments that my staff was responsible for making 3,700 Wally and Ron. Well, we couldn't do that without the help of Bertha. Thank you, Bertha and Marty Cassini and uh, everybody in the library that helped us and I really appreciate the help. Uh, we actually are made 3,700 uh, vaccine appointments um, the sad thing is people who are 65 
in like next month, they won't let them in. So if you had, you know if you're if you're turning 65 uh, in a month or two, uh, you know the staff there says nope, governor won't let them in. Sorry, won't let them in. Even you know somebody who was turning 65 in two weeks was begging to get uh, a vaccine. It's just uh, awful. But uh, anyway, Bertha, thank you. I, I really appreciate that. Um, I want to let everybody know the majority of my of the commissioners here have taken that heart test. Uh, uh, Dale, Beam, and Nan, you're the ones that haven't uh, yet. Uh, again, we're, we're going to be done in two months, so if you have an interest, it shows uh, your whole cardiovascular system and can help save your lives, you know, and uh, show what's going on. Um, and then we're going to move on to some cancer tests that are preventative cancer tests that will be open to everybody. Um, so that's what I'm working on. Uh, besides that, um, what else did I want to uh, just touch on? Uh, Nan, great to have you back, Nan. Uh, it's good, even when, so now at least when we argue, I could make dirty faces at you and argue, with, you know, <laughs> instead of on the phone, we could, you know, we could at least look at each other and however, snicker. However, we, we, we can can't snicker see at each other. your faces. Well, we can, we, we can pretend to snicker when, uh, when we're arguing. But uh, anyway, welcome back, Nan. And, uh, and I'm done. Thank you. Thank you for your brevity, sir. It was rare today, Commissioner Fisher. No, 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 not you. I meant rare among for posted non-agenda. Yes. Commissioner Fisher. Thank you, thank you Mayor. I just wanted to recognize a, a particular community in our, my district. It's John Knox Village, which is an internationally award-winning life plan community of choice. Um, the second largest uh, plan community in the state of Florida for their recognition of their innovative lifestyle. They were the first in Broward County to receive the vaccines. And last month they were recognized and honored as first place recipient for the Pinnacle and the Beacon Awards by the International Council of Active Aging and New Step for Best in Wellness for senior living communities throughout the North America. So I'm very proud of them, what they've been able to accomplish and kudos to them. Uh, the second item is our Environmental Planning and Community Resilience Division is hosting a free public webinar on this on Friday the 26th from 11 a.m. to 12.30 to discuss recent updates and current status of the Segment 2 and the Segment 3 Shore Protection Projects. You can register. Please visit at Broward.org forward slash Beach Renourishment. Please get on that. And to those of the, especially my cities are on the coastal, very, very interesting opportunity for you to learn about segment two and segment three. Um, thirdly is, uh, Commissioner Sharif, I'll reach out to you on the churches for the vaccines. I look forward to that. I do have some churches that would welcome that. And last but not least, I will continue to advocate to Ms. Henry to have a large vaccine facility in Northeast Broward. <laughs> I do not have anything in Northeast Broward. I have several cities there that are, that are able to be able to, uh, vaccine we have a site already at the old pompano fashion mall ready to go so miss henry you know I'd, I'd call you every day almost about that but i will continue verbally and uh to to uh to have that finally come to fruition so i could have my northeast broward folks get vaccine and that thank you mayor thank you. thank you commissioner fisher good job fighting for your district sir all right a number of things first we've received a certificate from the united states census bureau for the great job we did I will give this to Commissioner or to Senator Rich for all of the great work that she did on that. Second, we will be having a mayor's call this Friday. Let me discuss vaccinations because I've been speaking with 
Ms. Henry and or Dr. Thatchy on basically a daily basis. Um, somebody at that side of the room had said we need to do a better job at education. I disagree a little with Ms. Henry when she said we'll be done by June. I think we'll be done by May, but that's the, the reason I think that is I think that we're only going to get 50% of the adult population to agree to take it. That's what the numbers are showing right now. That's a horrible number. If that's true, everybody in the county that wants the vaccine probably will get one by May, but only because too, far too many people are not agreeing to take the vaccine. And that is a problem. So right now, everybody has brought up the issue of people, seniors not being able to get vaccines. The problem is we just don't have enough, but that will be changing by around April 1st, give or take. I think we're gonna end up having more vaccines or at least sufficient vaccines to keep up with the demand, which we don't have right now. Uh, no, I don't think so. And so unfortunately, a lot again is gonna be depending on the amount of people that are willing to take it. And right now it's, it's a, a very low number. We are gonna to need to increase that. Uh, I've spoken with the county administrator and we've spoken with Dr. Thatchy about the newspapers have been telling people to show up without an appointment at the county sites because that's a way of getting it. Don't do that. That's one of the reasons that the lines are so long at certain locations because people, by the way, and the county is requesting, Dr. Thatchy is requesting, you not show up more than 30 minutes before your appointment time. During the morning, it seems like everybody shows up at seven or 8 a.m. for their 11 o'clock appointments and that's creating the line. Please show up 30 minutes in advance. Do not show up without an appointment. We're gonna to have to discuss at our next meeting the upcoming spring break issue because we are in the middle of a pandemic and people are planning on coming down here from Michigan, from Ohio, from New York to calm down and give us the strain of COVID that they have up there and take back to um, their home states the strains of COVID that we have here in Broward County. We're gonna have to address this at our next commission meeting. We may need to discuss a, a two or three week, uh, I know it didn't work last time, but a two or three week curfew. We may need to discuss other issues. We have to do something about spring break. Um, it, again, uh, also on COVID, the paratransit, if you don't know, and commissioners, you should be aware that we now have set up the Broward County paratransit so uh, program to deal with taking seniors to get their vaccine and they will not have to wait online. This is only for seniors that are already on the paratransit system. Once we have completed that, we will go to the uh, vulnerable population system. So if you have seniors in your district that are homebound or that are unable to get to a 
uh, vaccination site. If they are already on the paratransit list or they are already on the city's vulnerable population list, we'll be able to deal with them. Uh, I, let's see, have to read the message. I'd like to briefly talk about the 2021 Broward County Canvassing Board. I will be unable to serve as a canvassing board member, but I understand that Vice Mayor Udine is willing to serve. And therefore, according to section 18.33 of the Broward County Administrative Code, I hereby appoint Vice Mayor Udine, who is appointed, it, it's an appointment, who is appointed to serve as the Board of County Commissioners substitute member to the canvassing board for 2021. We also need an alternate member, which I can appoint. I understand Commissioner Furr has indicated that he will serve as the alternate, and uh, he is therefore so appointed. Please be careful out, I'm sorry, please be careful out there. I apologize before I end the meeting. I should have asked. Uh, county, uh, county Administrator, do you have any additional remarks? Uh, let's see, County Attorney, do you have any remarks? No, Mayor, County Auditor, do you have any remarks? No, Please be careful out there, wear your masks and social distance. We are adjourned. Thank <laughs> you.